0: everyone we have issues our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault feels the boom weathers the aftershock and marvels at every issue released this week i'm your host keith and
1: i'm joined by my stalwart psychic who is always at my side host yes i'm starting to use my super awesome mega perk from books of pictures and that is i can basically use the store as a library and but so we'll talk about a book I've, I've been really excited to read later
0: Ah, i'm excited that's that's got to be a benefit to working at a comic store definitely oh yeah <laughs> so, nice All right, well, we are here to talk about comic books as always. However, we always start with a little bit of news. I don't have a ton of news this week. Um, I'll start with the indie stuff, as always. Uh, I only got two things. First of all, um, Boom and Keanu Reeves have announced the finale of Berserker. Remember Berserker? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. about that first issue? (laughs) Uh, The upcoming 12th and final issue. I honestly did not know there were 12 issues already. Oh wow! That yeah, all. Um, but yeah, apparently it's going to be in the the stands on March 2023. Obviously, it's already been optioned for a film. We re- we talked about that in the past. It's a character that looks a lot like Keanu Reeves. <laughs> 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 like, so, yeah, I mean, if if you guys kept up on that, that's great. I don't know anybody personally that's written it, but I thought I'd bring I up don't either. either. So, yeah, I don't know what who's buying this book still. <laughs> like, uh, next up, something I think is kind of cool. Uh, there was a, there was going to be a Teenage Mutant Turtles slash Masters of the Universe crossover, you know, He-Man, She-Ra and stuff, right? Right? Yeah. And it ended up getting canceled. What? But Freddie Williams, who was, who was doing the design sketches, mm-hmm. um, did share a little bit of his, oh, nice. uh, his design art, including Leonardo oh. holding the sword of power. That's so his, sick.
1: <laughs> what a crossover. What the fuck?
0: Yeah, I'm here for this. I would have read the shit out of this.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Um,
0: He shared other sketches, including um, uh, Raphael writing Battle Cat, which I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm here for this shit forever. So, um, yeah, really cool. I wish that had happened, but it was a nice little Christmas present from him to show us what we're missing. So, (laughs) yep. Uh, Next up is my only piece of DC news, which is. DC Universe Infinite, the online digital comic reading service, has announced that the number one most read issue of comics on their platform this year is Sandman number one.
1: (laughs) Oh, okay, nice.
0: So it's not something that came out this year, which is (laughs) kind of sad, but it's also Sandman. So, you know, you kind of give it a little bit of a leeway. So, yeah. Uh, Next up. Marvel is teasing a new Avengers series. Now we're going to talk about this a little bit later. Okay. When I review a certain book that hopefully didn't get, mm-hmm. but a uh, mm. little spoiler, it's timeless. Yeah, Yeah. And the whole story is that Kang, there's one moment in time. Kang cannot access. It's called the missing moment. And he's going crazy trying to access it. And it's revealed huh. that it can only be accessed by heroes. And at the end of it, there's a big page that says the quest for the missing moment continues in 2023 in the Avengers. Mm. Yes. So it's a different Avengers logo too than the one we got right now. Yeah, it's leading us to believe they're they're
1: maybe relaunching the Avengers. I mean, I, I mean, Jason Aaron's run is coming to a close. I would assume so. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. So yeah, we'll see. <laughs>
0: um but we'll talk about more about the details of that in a bit and the other thing i got is um over the week we had the 100th birthday of stanley oh happy birthday i know right uh complicated guy but i mean the comic industry wouldn't exist without him and uh just i don't have a lot to say just go online dude there's so much so many like honorings of him Mm-hmm. people t- talking about him and stuff and how great he is. And we're going to talk about Stanley a little bit later in the show because of something that DC put out this week, which I thought was a really classy move. Um but yeah, um yeah, it's just you know, he would have been 100 today and uh he lasted a good long time anyways. I mean, he died in 95, so I mean, you can't yeah. you can't fight that. You know, it's fine. <laughs> um but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um any other news, anything else you can- Oh, oh, you know what? Actually, sorry um i did want to mention this one um aj malacharn who we follow on twitter has announced uh gamma head press a new comic press that's going to quote embrace the absurd starting in 2023 and i don't know if you saw the replies underneath this post mm-hmm. but the first one sa- this first reply is our first book is a punk culture magazine oh, that will yes. be coming to crowdfunding it'll feature comics
1: prints and articles i did catch that it's it's very it, it- I'm curious what they're going to put out.
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's a really cool idea, and uh, you know, it's a really easy time to be an independent publisher comparatively. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, nothing's easy you know, in right. creative, you know, but access to printing presses are so widely um, are widely available now, and people can you know pay to print stuff off and have it done professionally, and you know, it's a really good time to do stuff like that. And I I say that because I think about if you talk to me about like a punk centric magazine, that's a zine that somebody made with a Xerox or, you know, right. less within my lifetime, you know, it's not like we're talking about like the forties. We're talking about when I was in high school, that was probably the thing. So really cool. I'm very excited to see what that's going to do. Definitely. I want to support and help promote that once it comes around. So, but yeah, I think that's all I got for news. Um, yeah, I will very quickly, uh, say that, um, Hey, I watched a lot of TV this week <laughs> with Liz and I have to give a quick because we do movie reviews occasionally right before we jump in and I got to throw this one in there. Liz, in a classic Liz move, you know how you go to Netflix and you all just like argue and talk about what you want to watch for 30 minutes and don't watch something. Right. Liz picks up the remote, pulls up Netflix, <laughs> puts something on, addresses nobody in the room, just puts on what <laughs> she wants to watch. So she decided that we should watch Bad Guys which is an animated show about some, it's a heist cartoon Mm -hmm. and we watched it and it was so mid (laughs) and I was like, this is fine, I guess, whatever. But I just, I have to point out the fact that her husband pointed out that half the people in the movie are animals and half the people are humans. So that Mm -hmm. was weird. Okay. They never explained that. Secondly, he pointed out that everybody who's an animal is a criminal. <laughs> and every criminal is an animal. And the whole message of it is like, you can overcome your, you know, you can overcome what you're, what you think you're meant to do or what your destiny you're destined, what sure. you're born into. And I'm kind of like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I was like, So I, we watched it. I, I honestly, it was,
1: there was like three jokes that made me laugh and, is it? Is it, it like, that's actually a, uh, a children's graphic novel series is it really yeah I, we have it at the store there's like a whole it's like a wide series
2: what yeah
1: <laughs> that's insane um i mean it's a lot of fart jokes is my issue with it like i'll be honest with you like it's probably like the, like the current captain underpants i used to read that it, shit it all was, the time it, it was for a younger audience than Liz thought is what mm-hmm. it was oh gotcha but sam
0: rockwell is the wolf
1: Oh, great, great voice though. Yeah, it's
0: awesome. I mean, Rockwell, and then the female love interest is voiced by Zazie Beetz. And I, and I asked Liz, I'm like, do you think they watch Zootopia? and thought we can make a sexy hero or a sexy female <laughs> character like judy hopps and they just didn't do it as well
1: <laughs> like, yeah uh, there's 17 of these just like basically captain underpants jesus christ okay well i just put my foot in my mouth <laughs> well, well good then it does relate to comics
0: look at me i knew all, yes. all along. like I just oh, thought yeah.
1: that's why you brought it over it was like but you're not mentioning it. it's like oh, i don't think i don't think he, don't think he knows <laughs> <laughs> not at all no <laughs> so, um
0: other than that i will mention that we started watching spy x family and it's fucking amazing and i oh nice i love
1: i hate it so much that i love the show (laughs) um more or like i in the same way um what was it food Wars. so which what what was the other surprise one that you thought um i'm only like three episodes in
2: Mm -hmm.
0: but i've already added it to my shonen app on my your uh, app okay cool um I don't know yet. Okay. Blue Wars is like my favorite manga now. <laughs> so, I mean, that was, just, like that was a surprise 100%. hit for you too. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you read Spy X Family or watched it? No, a... but I'm just loosely familiar. The little girl is so fucking cute. I can't take it. <laughs> uh, so, And we are watching it and I, I told Liz it's like it's like a family where all three people have are at different spots on the autism spectrum. <laughs> like, oh. like it's it's in, if you watch it, that's not an insult. It literally is. Cause they're all very odd in their own ways. And it's great. Mm-hmm. It works perfectly. So great stuff. Anyways, that's also related to manga. So suck it. You have to listen to me <laughs> anyway. So let's talk about comics because it was a big final week of the year. Who mm-hmm. oh boy, we're wrapping up the year in style. And as always, whether it's the first week of the year or the last week of the year, we start not with a bang, but a boom. Boom Studios, bring us, first of all, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number two. <laughs> Written by Jason Aaron, illustrated by Alexandra Tofingi, colored by Lee Luffridge, and lettered by Anne World Design. Um, I liked this one quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the first issue. It's just series as a whole is really appealing to me very well. I love it. It's got that. Um, it's definitely got that YA edge to it. Yeah. Where the young adult of it all isn't being lost in the post-apocalyptic of it all, which is very easy to do. Like um, Maze Runner, for instance, to me, doesn't read like a young adult like story. Mm-hmm. Except that it's immature, basically. Yeah. Um, but, but this reads like a young adult story, which I really like. Um, I also like that he actually has skills that are useful. Like, he made a fucking generator that, like, makes power from the methane coming up from the trash. And I'm like, holy crap, he's actually skilled. He has something to contribute to this partnership. I really didn't want it to be her just saving him all over the place all the time. Right. So, I really like that. I thought that was cool. And I like that he's humanizing her a bit. And they're just adorable. I love them. We don't get that flash forward into the future that we did at the end of the first one. So, I'm curious.
1: Was there, oh, uh, shit, there, you're right. There was. I where totally he's forgot. an old man.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, I was wondering if they were going to keep teasing that or if we're just going to
1: come back to that. I'm later, glad it didn't because so. then I think it would have felt like too much like uh, Behold Behemoth. Oh, so like, yeah. um but man, but man he, he's so cute fucking mace like just being so like naive but like you're right he does bring a lot of the table without without realizing it. Like, that, that that was a really cool uh moment and now i'm wondering where um fuck, what are their names the the other one i'm wondering where she comes from because like she was on like uh, mentioning like the rangers and stuff so it's like and then then we finally see who they are so it's kind of like where do they come where do they come from it's like it's, it's a really good start so far i'm another one that i'm actually really really liking. For, for two issues then
0: yeah uh it's it's really good and uh her name is mezzy by the way mezzy yeah um i really like it i ironically i'm going to talk about this later but uh if you like this read scouts honor by david propose oh yes 100% okay. recommend honestly they could be in the same world and i wouldn't be Ooh. shocked like okay. that's how similar it is it's really cool so but yeah next up let's talk about damn them all number three Written by Cy Spur, illustrated by Charlie Adlard, colored by Sophie Dodgson, with assist by Shana Nicole, Cole, and letter by Jim Campbell. We start this is kind of an exposition issue, at least the f- good first half of it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, this is this is what's going on. Let's talk to the demon. He's gonna fill in all these holes. And that's basically what happens. We get we get like to figure out more about what's happening behind the scenes, which I, I thought was enjoyable. And then of course, shit hits the fan as always, um, and it gets incredibly violent and fucked up, but it's also got some really fucking awesome imagery. I love the design of these demons. they're just cool as shit. this last page where you're right. like surrounded by them, I'm like, yes, fuck yes, I'm here for this shit so I really like it I like the I like the idea of the like mystical like um what's the word I'm looking for like uh arms race. The like oh, yeah, mystical yeah. arms race and the rules that each one has to follow. And it's like really interesting. I really like it. And at the same time, you're also depending on demons who are notorious for just being tricksy and looking for loopholes. And it just makes it like there's this giant powder gag just waiting to go off. You know what I mean? I really like that.
1: Um Yeah, I really dug it. What do you think? It's like <laughs> it's such it's such a size for your book. I, I love I love when he can just get like loose with his writing. And by that, it just means like, you can just keep writing on like on top of the pages over and over by like, it can just get really dense. But it's like, at the same time, it's like the first third of it, it's like, it's dancing in a way, but it's because, um, God damn, now I'm forgetting her, like Ellie is stripping is out, like, and it's like, she's she's just like, uh, she's like doped up on, on that stuff just to be able to help around. But it's like, the way everything is being explained, it's just like, it almost feels a little too everywhere, but it's like, is that on purpose because of, through her perspective? And then it just gets complicated with like the plot, how the coins work, and like, yeah, like I said, it shased the fan. Um, but yeah, it's one of those where it's like it's dense in a good way, but I'm I'm really excited where this is gonna go because it just gets keeps getting fucking bigger on this on the supernatural arms race. So yeah, damn them all.
0: Yeah. It's it's it, I, I'm with you about the first half being dense. Because mm-hmm. I honestly, the first time I read it, I read like two or three pages, and then I'm like I'm just not in the mood for this right now. and I, I was the down. same way, yeah. yeah. I had to come back to it later. I had to make sure I, was, I wasn't distracted. There was no TV going or anything. I had to sit and read. Mm-hmm. And then it was great. I just had to make sure I focused on it. So Yeah. Awesome. All right, next up. <laughs> we only find them when they're dead, 15. Ooh. Written by Al Ewing. Illustrated by Simone de Mayo, Colors by Maria Miotti, And lettered by Anne World Design. Josue. I'm going to ask you outright. Were you satisfied and was it worth the wait? Yes. Okay, good. I was like, because I know we've waited on this book a while. Mm -hmm. It's taken some pretty big hiatuses. And it's been a book that we've been like, maybe in the end it all makes sense. (laughs) Maybe in the end we will be able to understand it so you didn't end up end up
1: enjoying it and yeah even even the parts i like i don't get where i'm not supposed to where it's just like i mean again like like the the it's like the last page of like fuck where it goes where it starts it's amazing in, in like in and being told in a different way i didn't i didn't not in the answer I, again like i wanted but like but being shown in a, in in a different answer in a different in a different light um that's what made it satisfying and just like than to just go back and relive it all again. You totally can. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not the kind
0: of thing we're going to get all the answers. You know what I mean? But one thing I really liked, and this is simply a design thing I really enjoyed, is that they did this. Uh Uh-huh. And then they went to the credits. Right. And then they literally had an after-credits scene for a comic book, which I thought was brilliant. (laughs) Because it really read like an after-credits scene. Like a teaser for future stories or something, and I really liked that actually. Um, it was emotional, and it's it was it was a philosophical journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what the purpose of this was. And once we got to the end, and looking back over it, yeah, it was really good. It's complete. It, there's nothing. Wh- whereas we don't know everything. We don't need to know everything for the story.
1: And, and, and that's my thing. I think no, I, no matter what, I was going to be satisfied because I wasn't I wasn't looking for a specific answer because I didn't know where we we're going. Literally, um, I didn't You know, had no expectations. I didn't know expectations. I had no idea for what kind of an answer I expected or wanted to begin with. So whatever it was going to throw at me, I was just going to like it regardless because that was going to be the right answer. Um, yeah, it was just it was fucking awesome.
0: That's another one of those foundational books that we've been reading basically since the beginning of this podcast. So yeah, they're all ending. this so- <laughs> way. <laughs> Next up our final boom book of the week. And what a book book of slaughter. I got this cover. Dude, we do. Yeah, I had to, it looks so dope for those wondering me and us. We both got the big variant. Um, it's cause it just looks like the book of slaughter, which is a great idea. Yeah. Um, Creative Team, written by James Tynan IV, illustrated by Roberto Deladera, colored by Mikel a lettered by Anne World Design. The original team, also with special guests Letizia Caranici, Francisco Segala, Christian, Antonio Fuso, and Dylan Todd. I um, really, really enjoyed this issue because it filled in so much information. But it did so within the boundaries of a story. Mm -hmm. And it's a story that I gave a shit about, which helped. Like, I care about this character a lot already. Yeah. I I like the arc they're going through. I like the decision they had to make. I like that they definitively tied it to a specific time in this universe. It's now. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, oh, this was Aaron back before Erica was doing, you know, like, no, it's literally, this is now. They're talking about Erica's gone. You know They're sending this chick after her, so we know what's happening at the same time as the nice kind of the children. So I really like this. I like the decision, and I love, love, love. You and me both adore some lore, and this yes. book just gives us all the lore and all the questions we have, and, but not like all the questions, you know what I mean? Just enough information for us to really appreciate the world more. And we also get to find out little tidbits, like all the little details of their tests. Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then like we get we get a list of all the locations around the world which is really cool that was really cool we get the violet mask tease yes I, i was just like there's so much good shit here dude and i really loved this book um if you aren't reading for some reason aren't reading the other two books pick this up if this piques your interest go back and read them that's what i would recommend this is a really great book it's a really great advertisement for the world though
1: um, yeah this actually be a, a solid start like you'd be a little lost on like on like some context but it's a solid start to be like just be understanding and then start at the beginning so you're not completely lost and or just like start piecing it together along the way instead of like waiting for like that mystery like cue to drop it was really cool but, it, but essentially there's also like kind of like besides like all the information pages it's mostly like a recap from like issue 20 so you wouldn't have to wait until issue 20 when um um, God damn it, when, when, when that guy, like when the Azure Mask dude um uh, fucking explains it all, finally, but uh, yeah, this, right. this is a really good one.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed, it, and it looks great. It's just a great-looking book, so.
1: I, I want to <sighs> say I, I, what, I, what I'm more curious on is it, just like, yeah, it, it's happening now, but this is also kind of a flashback. This was like when they barely got Aaron's body back, and we've been talking that Erica has been growing. She's been b- bulkier, bigger, so it's like, so at this point, I want to say at this point in time now, this person ar- has already been, like, a, re- a trained in, already went through the trials of, like, remasking. And I'm curious when she's going to come into play. Like, I really... I want her to come and help Erica. I want her to be, like... I had like, the same thought. There's no way, like, this house can just stay small. Like, there's, like I, I don't want Erica to be fighting, like, this two, three front war with fucking Cutter coming down the line. And she's awesome. And you got the monster... And I have a fellow black mass like that that wasn't the reason why aaron came to show up like back in the first arc he reluctantly came to help and he did so i want i want this buddy to happen this buddy situation to happen definitely
0: really really cool loved it so all right next up switching to scout comics and technically i'm switching to scoot comics (laughs) which is a publishing division of scout for uh, young children publishing Mortimer, The Lazy Bird, number one. Written by Brendan Deenan. Art by Marco Antonio Cortez. Colors by Diego Boren. And letter by Fabrizio Grele of Magic Eye Studios. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. It's very much in a um, cartoon style uh, for kids. Uh, you can kind of see from the cover. Um, I love this because this this cover... It, like, the art throughout is really great. But this cover reminds me so much of, like... When I used to work at Hastings, right? For those who don't know, Hastings is like a movie slash books slash music store. And uh, I used to be a manager there. And we, sometimes would get really generic kids movies in with like two characters with their arms crossed back to back on the cover. And that's literally what's on this cover. And it makes me (laughs) laugh a little bit because it's like, I, I just love that idea. It's like, oh, they're such a wacky wild couple, you know. But this one's really cool. It's about a bird who can't fly and he's basically told it's because he's lazy he also doesn't eat worms he prefers berries and him and his family they don't have a fight but he overhears them being like we're disappointed in him we wish he would do this so he decides to leave he leaves and he goes he ends up in the city and he runs into a worm and the worm is like oh shit you're gonna eat me he's like nah nah i don't do that and so he's like you know like uh oh well we can hang out and he's like oh but you know let, basically long story short they become friends and he gives the bird a sock a human sock and he's like here put this on poke your head through it and it makes him mortimer the worm and that's where it leads <laughs> off so yeah i think it's cute this is the kind of thing i would i would definitely have given my niece if she was still you know not a teenager right now yeah so yeah i i really liked it so if you guys are looking for an all-ages book it's very cute and the animation's like on par with what you would expect for children's animation looks really good it's not janky looking at all so uh really great next up opus publishing bill and ted's Excellent holiday special script by john barber art by butch, Ma- butch mappa colors by joanna lafuente letters by Jacob Bassel. this is literally yet another bill and ted story uh that i've been really enjoying. we're getting a bunch of these this one is a christmas story in that uh bill and ted are at a christmas party and um uh, they're, they they perform at the Christmas party, long story short Time travel shenanigans happen People in the future want to prevent Bill and Ted From ever doing all the great things they did So they go back in time using the time machine To stop them from finding all the people they found In the first movie And take them first And it's it, it, it happens as you'd expect <laughs> um, The main one that's featured a lot is Billy the Kid Which I thought was really great uh, Socrates gets a pretty good run too, which I love. Socrates, <laughs> good old Socrates. Um, and then there's a bit with with Joan of Arc, which I always love. Joan of Arc. She should be in every one of their books. But yeah, it's it's, it's a wacky time travel adventure for Christmas. It's the kind of thing you would expect. So, there's also a story at the end called "Young Bill and Ted Go Shopping." Uh, script by John John Barber, art by Juan Samu, colors by Valentina Pinto, and letter by Jacob Bassel. This one is about them when they were like preteens and they go to the mall and they it does that whole thing where they both want to get a present for each other but they don't have enough money so they each give up something to buy the other one something but the thing they give up is related to the present they get so like um ted he's busking he's playing his guitar and people are giving him money to buy something for bill but some bullies take his guitar meanwhile bill's buying him guitar strings Huh, you know okay. so and then like uh bill sells his records to buy uh to buy the guitar strings but ted ends up buying him van halen too which is like <laughs> great and then in the end they get their stuff back it's like this whole thing so yeah it's really cute i like it more bill and ted please and then also one of the variant covers is uh, god i wish i'd gotten it is a beethoven action figure cover Oh, get out! <laughs> <laughs> Which I would have, I would have killed for. So yeah, great stuff. Next up, we're going to talk about what our buddy, buddy Morris is calling the dark horse of comics, dark horse comics. <laughs> um, I saw her joke before she could say it. Just no. It. <laughs> Don't tell her. She doesn't listen to this. Quick stops three. <laughs> we'll know if she listens because she'll call me out. <laughs> written by kevin smith art by tango letter by andrew thomas um as always this is filling in these little holes in the vsk universe this one i think is probably the most unnecessary hole, they, hole that they filled which is a very kevin smith line mm-hmm. um but <laughs> it's from clerks 2 and it's from elias and you've seen clerks 2 of course i right? fucking love elias yeah you know the bit where he's talking about the pussy troll pillow pants <laughs> This is the backstory of that story. <gasps> really, it's not real. There is no pussy troll. It's I know just, that. There is no magic. I'm not saying they're not taking a magical turn in the views universe. Although that would be amazing.
1: No, did. but it's like with like the the night with like the girlfriend, like her explaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, <laughs> basically, he's just he's at summer camp. He is a church camp counselor, and he's like, he's like, I like you. I, let's do sex together is his literal quote and she's like oh i have a troll and she tells him that and then um was it pillow pants right yeah pillow pants and lister <laughs> fiend her mouthful like so yeah um so he's, it also completely retells the whole like optimus prime thing that he did with randall it's re-reaching awesome. this which is great um so they're just gonna be friends and he's like you know i have to pee the troll out and then we can have sex uh, She says it. So, cuts to 2022. Now, have you seen Clerks 3 yet? No, not yet. Okay. I'm going to spoil something for you. Okay. Elias gets into crypto.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Fucking idiot.
0: So, he's at church camp in the year 2022. And he's he's still obsessed with Transformers. He's still a church church camp counselor. And the same girl is there. And she's just like, like I've slept with a bunch of losers in my life that like steal my money and my car and my self-respect. She's like, maybe I need to try a nice guy for once. <laughs> and there she's like, he's a man, baby. It's like, he's a clean dick, carries no cooties. And it's like, okay. And so she goes, she's like, hey, let's talk. And then she introduces him to her little cousin, Coltrane Hodgkiss, who is the one that gets Elias into crypto in the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, and so he's telling them all about crypto. Later on, Elias is in the boathouse, and she comes out like this, mm-hmm. and they're about to sex. And he's like, "What about pillow pants?" She's like, "Oh yeah, he's long gone. Don't worry about that." And <laughs> Listerine's gone too. Like, it's great. And then he's like, "They're making out," and then he's like, "You know." He was right. And she's like, what? And he starts talking centralized banking institutions do have too much control over her money. She's like, what? And so he gets too obsessed with crypto to have sex with this girl. Oh god I and, did it. And so she leaves and it cuts to like a little postscript thing where it's him and in quick stop. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoilers for clerks three, everybody, I'm just gonna quickly spoil. Um Elias saves the day through crypto. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> yeah. So your, your your mileage may vary on that storyline, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, it, it's fun. I do think it. Like I said, I think it's the most unnecessary plot that we filled in, but it was fun. And sure. it was cute, and I like when Kevin Smith stuff directly quotes himself. Like I'm <laughs> a big fan of the Evening Kevin Smith like lecture series, and okay. when he did when he did that whole Lord of the Rings rant that Randall does in Clerks too. Yeah, he did that on stage. And then oh, liked it gotcha. so much, he just had Randall say it in the movie, which I thought was amazing. <laughs> like word for word, it's great. So, anyways, yeah. All right, next up is the roadie number four. Check out this cover. Oh wait, what? Yeah, that's cool. What happened? So, creative team, script by Tim Seeley, art by Fran Galan, letters by El Torres, and let, and oh, there's no color. Um, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Because a big thing is revealed um, a big truth oh, about boy. about him and his daughter and their true relationship and it's really good I will give you that okay. it ends it ends on a happy ending okay um I'll just show you the last page that'll tell you what okay that so. does look really cool. He finally gets to be on stage. He finally gets to be nice. on performing. So that was really cool. Yeah, um, you know what? Okay. I'm going to tell you, but I'm going to give our listeners a chance to fast forward 30 seconds from this <laughs> point. If you don't want to be spoiled. She's not his daughter. She's the daughter of Satan.
1: Oh, sick.
0: Yeah. But he's... The, but he's not—he's not the stepdad. He's the dad that stepped up. <laughs> so, like it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, I love it. So, yeah. All right. Next up, it's only Teenage Wasteland number two. Now, mm. I love this book. This is a Remy nominee next year. Just pencil Ooh, okay. it in right now. So, creative team is it in the back. Oh no, it's only on the cover. Kurt Pyers, J- Jacoby Salcedo, Mark Dale, and Micah Myers. This is two of four. This is the one about the kid who threw the house party. And there was a fight. And he (laughs) got knocked out. And when he woke up, the world had ended. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So he wakes up. And he's able to find his three best friends. The three the four dudes basically are hanging out. And it's them trying to figure out what's going on. So much of the world is completely destroyed. And also, there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Um, There is trying to find a good shot of them. There's these weird crystals growing out of stuff now. Okay. And they don't ever address it. They don't ever talk about it. (laughs) Okay. Which is really weird. And with the entire neighborhood destroyed, there's a shell station that is still intact. Like a gas station. Shell brand. Mm -hmm. But the boys don't notice and you just barely see it off. The S has burned out, so it just says hell. Yeah. So... But it's fully intact with all the food and stuff, so they can kind of use that for supplies and things like that. Um, Something happens. I won't get into the specifics because we don't dive too much into it. But they end up exploring, and they find a theater that's also intact. And they haven't seen any other living beings, and then suddenly they see some others. They get attacked in this movie theater, uh, and (laughs) so this dude's about to cut them when this person shoots them through the head with the bow and arrow. Nice. And, um, yeah. So she stops all the bad guys and they're like, Oh fuck. And, uh, they reveal, I said, she, so I kind of reveal, she reveals it was his sister all along and she looks significantly, not, not like older, older, but she does definitely looks more, less of a teenager. Right. So I'm asking how much time has passed. How long was he unconscious? Mm-hmm. And are they in hell? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, or is that too on the nose? You know what I mean. Like, so. Right. Um, but it's really cool. It's only a four issue mini, hmm. but it's really impressed me so far. I'm really right. enjoying where it's going, and I think it's really intriguing. I love the, the creepiness of it. Like, it's really well done. So, nice. and also it, deep down, it's about a friendship circle. You know, that's what I yeah. really like. It's about two best friends who are torn between different you know social groups and it's about a dude who finally lost his virginity and doesn't know how to like his friends don't know how to handle it it's it's just really good so all right next up we are switching to Vault comics and we're gonna start with going door to door night by night number two uh so yes i love this book it's so great written by Colin bunn art by sally cantarino colored by d Cunniff and letter by ann world design um so i reviewed this back when we got the preview but this is houseway's first time reading it so i'm curious to see what you think after that first issue um where they kind of set up that you know oh there's this girl that knows about the monster she's going to tell them and then she just bombs out and they kind of have to make it up for themselves and they try to ignore it at first but then they have to actually address it
1: and we kind of like discover the characters a bit more too, like who they are. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I'm loving <laughs> just following these people that have no business being monster hunters. But this is actually what the point of the book is. Um, but but there's a, also a mystery like behind each of them. Like, like these pages that like give them like a little flashback for each of them like, as like they're just like talking. they're they're super obscure my
0: favorite thing about the book
1: it's yeah like they're super obscure to just like give them more to their personality whether it's good or bad and then now you're just making up your own picture about them but like like besides like like the like the ex-priest slash like racist one but the other ones also like could have like some like skeletons in the closet but it's like like, i'm patient to find out more about them but it's like i just want to know them already like they're all super interesting people and at the end of the night, they just end up monster hunting, or at least like they know they need to get down to monster hunting. Um, but I but I like that they're going like it's like they just um I like they just happen to stumble upon all these mysteries. All these towns are super different from each other, but it's just like the little things that they pick up on, like why is this town weird, and then like well, time to get up in arms. But they they're just getting into it.
0: What do you think of the monster quote? The design of it,
1: the little. <laughs> These little homunculi are just they're 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 really cute. There's there's but it's so it's funny that they're actually tackling something that they can just like choke like like hold hold in a chokehold up in the air and not just like some menacing big ass monster. It's like I'm sure there's gonna be like like the cover suggests it's gonna be like a lot of them, but like when it was just, like the single one that that oh, was. Funny. That cover? Oh. Oh, that's not the cover I got. I got this one. Ooh, oh that one's cool so yeah that one actually would i didn't know, i thought
0: i thought this was the variant or i thought i didn't think this was the variant huh cool yeah i really like it i think it's great it, <laughs> it's great so far <laughs> yeah and our other vault book for the week west of sundown seven uh written by tim Seeley and aaron campbell drawn by jim terry colored by Trina Farrell, letter by crank i have to just straight up before we even jump in this is one of my favorite vault covers of all time oh totally it's just it's It's the Aaron Campbell cover in case there's any variants. But holy fuck. (laughs) Like, what a cover, man. Like, like, it's just beautiful. Um, But jumping into the book itself, uh, I really like it. I like the... At the end of the first volume, they kind of have like, oh, we have this town that's kind of a haven for monsters, essentially. That's kind Mm -hmm. of what we're left with. And that's great unless you want to tell more stories. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to tell more stories, you got to do something with that. And I kind of like how there's, a like, a losing of trust going on amongst everybody. And, you know, there's certain kind of betrayals going on. And I think it it was a really great way to take what was could have been just a one-volume story and wrapped up and make it interesting, bring it back, and also feature the characters. Because she barely features in this issue, which, right. you know... She's the main character essentially But I do like that we're spending more time With the ensemble to get to know them and things like that I think this is a really well done issue And again I mean the cover itself alone Is amazing But um, the albino dude In this is really good Um, I I do like God what's his name The hunter her like buddy
1: Um, I'm just right there Uh, Yeah,
0: I really liked him in this issue I thought it was really cool and yeah, the no, whole it, argument about the opera house, I thought that was really interesting, too. Like, mm-hmm. I could see both their perspectives, which is
1: really good storytelling, so. Yeah, that, that's what I wanted to call out, like, we're like, we barely got to see her, but it's also just, like, it's almost like the, the storytelling, like, almost told it for us. Like, she's just been, like, busy, kind of, like, living it up, and, like, Dooley's kind of been struggling, trying to keep her alive this whole time, but she's kind of, like... I fucking miss it, yo. Like I used to be on fucking top and now I am just like, I haven't. This, 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 fucking sucks. Like, yeah, like we, you get to do, get to like, you get to see here from both sides and agree from both sides. Um, but yeah, but and for like the rest of the cast, I do like how the p- pieces are moving. Like it almost makes me excited for a third volume down the line. Cause like, I don't want this to just be like, well, maybe like Dr. Monroe will be like the, the villain for this arc, but it's like, I almost don't want him to leave just yet. Like make this like a two part, like l- let it build up a little bit more. Uh, Cause these are all just like meshing so well.
0: Yeah, and it's the kind of story that... And this is the worst comparison on the planet. So, Tim, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. I don't mean this. <laughs> but, like, Once Upon a Time, <laughs> the the oh. the ABC show, mm-hmm. where they can cycle in and out, you know, characters from a known lore, in that case Disney, in this case horror monsters. Um, and we don't necessarily need to cycle them out. Maybe Dr. Moreau ends up maybe not dying or something, but ends up becoming, like... Just a member of the the town, and maybe he's there, and you know, because he's kind of the villain. But I mean, Captain Hook was the villain at one point, and time and stuff like that. I just kind of, I'm like, let's keep him around. Let's keep building this cast bigger and bigger with all these monsters. Because again, in the first volume, the albino and the Frankenstein monster were the ones that we were like, oh, they're the bad guys. This is awful yeah, like, for sure. the first few issues. So I, there's a lot of gray area you can have with this, which I really like. So. Mm-hmm. Or you can go the other way. Either way, it looks it's great. I really enjoy it. But yeah, I like I like this, and I, as a big fan of of um, Penny Dreadful yeah, it gives me so much vibes of it. Specifically mm-hmm. because you take these this Victorian female character into a Western setting, which does happen eventually in that show. So yeah, I really like it. So all right, next up, image comic books and. I hope you guys are ready for a small image week. <laughs> I got image number nine. Okay. Uh, we talked about this. We're not reading them until it's done. Uh, this one, I didn't read anything because one of them was criminal with that Brubaker, which I've never read. That's one of the one shots. I haven't read it yet. Um, right, right. Did, what was that?
1: Oh no, I said, right. Me neither.
0: Yeah. Uh, and the other two I, I wasn't familiar with. And a lot of these I'm trying to like do research to make sure I'm not Reading something a part of an existing story and not realizing it and jumping in oh, late, yeah. So yeah, but I'm I'm buying them all. I like them; they're good. It's just I just need them all together before I start really committing to it. So next up is also uh, oh, you need to read this fucking book. Plush number two. <laughs> this is getting insane. Okay, okay. like this book is. Cr- I want to go read their other stuff, which I'm you I I it never like was something that was on my radar at all but written by Doug, Doug Wagner art by Daniel Hilliard color by Rico Renzi, and letter by Ed Duke in the last issue this guy was at a party he saw some furries cannibalizing a body mm-hmm. he was arrested by a cop who was the one who impregnated his fiance and they threw him in jail and as he was in jail and the cops were about to beat the shit out of him, he saw a furry through the window. That's where we left off. Yeah. The furries. Oh, and he's still in a in a chicken costume. I should point that out. <laughs> um, So he's just sitting there and the cops are about to beat the shit out of him, right? Yeah. And they hear something. It goes, ching, ching. And then we see one of the most insane double pages I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm just showing us way. What? Oh,
1: ooh. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Holy shit. <laughs> so,
0: this girl in a cat costume comes in and just a fucking eviscerates a cop and just starts gnawing on his body in front of all the other cops. <laughs> Then a guy in a goat costume comes in and does this. Oh, shit. (laughs) Like, And then then it gets super violent. And then we get introduced to this one, which is literally my nightmare given form. (laughs) And then they, you don't even get to see what they do. It's off screen. They do this. And then we get this fucking shot, which will live in my nightmares forever. <laughs> like, absolutely the most terrifying thing I've ever seen. Imagine if Grimace from McDonald's killed something and you watched it. That's basically what... <laughs> like, And they're like, hey, you want to go with us? And he's like, what? They're like, Yeah, come with us. And we get the impression that the furry in the cat costume might be like a love interest for him now. Okay. And there's a lot of really fucked up visuals. <laughs> like, I, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. I the shot of her with her mask pulled up, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, and that's the, a cover that cool. on its own. Um, and basically, like, you're coming? And he's like, all right, let's go. And he so he goes with them. But this is just hyper-violence throughout in costumes. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, holy fuck, dude. <laughs> like, Yeah, really great book. I'm really enjoying it. I highly recommend, if violence doesn't make you squeamish, It's a great story. If you do not like graphic violence, it is not the story for you. (laughs) So. Speaking of which. (laughs) Love Sick 3. Oh, my God. Story and art by Luana Vecchio. Oh, God. This book. It it makes me so anxious. (laughs) Like I get so nervous reading it like (laughs) because there's so much bad shit going down and it's like no one's a good person but there's the bad people that we're cheering for you know what i mean like (laughs) and again hyper violence that's i mean if you've heard us talk about this book at all you know that's something to expect we get to see the red room we get to see what actually happens to the ones that are killed or supposed to happen and we get to see her earlier on in the issue in quite a bit of trouble. And I, I thought it was a really interesting scene because it's like seeing her out of control is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And her telling the story the entire time of, you know, what actually excites her and stuff is really interesting to see that. I really like this. I will say specifically the shot of the issue, which I know you're going to agree with me, <laughs> is this fucking shot. It's just ah. her perched up there glaring down at them with her little eye patch on. Like, the shit I put up with for you fuckers basically is the look on her face. I love it. It was so... It's so good. And... Oh, God. It's, it's such a good story, but it's also like I worry about her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how long can this go before she dies? You know what I mean? Like... She's really walking a tightrope and every issue I feel like she's in danger. You know what I mean? Like something bad could happen to her. But she's such a badass that I also don't worry about her, so I'm really torn in the way I feel. But I love this book. It's very well done. It's it's twisted and it's dark, but it's also like primal and not not in a primal like violent way it's primal as like the deep down how we feel you know what i mean like the deepest darkest most like i guess primal is the only word i can use motions that we have that's what this book is all about yeah i love it um obviously
1: i'm gonna pass this way because i know this is a shit so talk to <laughs> um yeah so that that panel by that by that panel i was already won one over by one page before it um it's the, the look at me panel that had won me over like, right. Oh, before, yeah, like yeah, her yeah. being so fucking pissed. Uh, yeah, I think that, I think primal is, is the right word for this issue. Cause it was just like, it was fine. Love how it started. Like, it's like, like these sweet nerves right before I, right before like this person is going to be, um, sacrificed basically. And then it just goes all wrong. And everything just goes fucking wrong. So seeing 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 her be put on the sp- like being put on a spot, being in fucking in actual danger, but getting her sisters there to fucking rescue her was was really was really dope. But it's just like, yeah, like there's like there's like a delicacy to this to this, uh to this to this story, and it's like how is Domino gonna come out on top? Though it's like the one with like in her because like her in the red room, it was just like such a different attitude. Where it it's just like then like in the first then in the first then two issues ago when it was like it was all fun. It was all about the fun and just like, and just like giving it to her audience. And this one just seemed to, it just sucked because like, it sucked because like the, this kid like actually seemed like he liked her or like in her relationship with that, with this kid. But it was, but in this case, it was just like, she was just seeing through him this time. It was almost like out of spite, out of anger. And it's like, and even how she just like feels with herself afterwards. And does she actually see them? Is she actually haunted by each fucking episode? Um, by by everyone she takes, it's just uh, there's four more issues left, and I just I want all these answers. I just want domino to be okay. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: it's really good. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I fucking I remember, love it. I
1: love it so much.
0: It's just, it's just stressful though. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's not an easy read. You're you're not relaxing to read in the least. So you definitely have to be in the right state of mind. And reading Plush and then that was an experience, let (laughs) me tell you. Because that's the order I read those in. So, yeah. And right before that was West of Sundown. (laughs) So it's like, yeah. Um, A lot of gore back-to-back is what I'm saying. So All right. Next up, we're going to switch to DC. And... We have a stack, so we're going to jump in. I'm going to start with Tales from Earth-6. Okay. In, in celebration of Stan Lee's 100th birthday, DC released an anthology of stories from Earth-6, which is the Earth in the DC multiverse that is the versions of the characters Stan Lee created. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if how familiar you are with this concept, what he did before. Just the the,
1: the arts, but like never actually read them.
0: Yeah. So basically, it's kind of a reimagining... Uh, me and case talked about them quite a bit recently um ironically enough and i think um a couple of them are really cool i really like the green lantern idea i thought that was really cool mm-hmm. um batman is actually like looks like a bat which a is a man cool. bat <laughs> yeah so um there were a couple of really cool ideas uh some of them are garbage just be flat <laughs> on us so um i'm not reading the creative teams because there it's you go lot. <laughs> so i really enjoyed it i think it's a lot of fun um we do get introduced to the Stanley version of Joker. Now, this Stanley didn't write this as the thing. <laughs> so, um, But his name is Joker, which is just bad. Uh, that's a bad pun. Uh, but there's also uh, a Sandman story, which is really cool. And that one's written by Steve Orlando. So mm-hmm. very interesting. So it's really fun. Um, I highly rec- recommend checking it out, especially with the new multiverse being stabilized. Um, we might see more of these characters, which would be hilarious if they bring them in. And Batman's like, what the fuck's that? And it's like, that's Batman. (laughs) It's like, he looks more like a Batman than you do. (laughs) It's like, he looks like Man-Bat. It's like, (laughs) Man-Bat? What stupid name is (laughs) Man-Bat? So, yeah. Good stuff. I just wanted to make sure to mention it. Uh, Next up, Hosway Check in one last time in our favorite spooky nice house on the lake
1: yeah yeah oh no oh no (laughs) the nice house on the lake uh written by james tyner the fourth uh art by alvaro martinez bueno colors by jordi belair and lettering by and world so um nora had basically fucked up all the controls where we last left off um or no um naya did no shit sorry no um nora was the one the um, naya was the one that, that died the fucking the artist um, Ryan. Um, she was the one that. Uh... Yeah, so Ryan was at the controls, and Nora was the one that basically revealed the secrets. And Walter was pissed. Like, was we really saw like um his toxic side in the last issue, and it got left off where it was just like, "Yo, either stop like, kill me or go stop uh Ryan from messing everything up." So that's where we're at. We're at the the part where we have to make the big decision. One out of the three, and. The whole crew. It basically gets, gets down to like the 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 whole crew. All ten people have to come down to make one out of three decisions. One, uh, Ryan gets to just keep screwing up all of the fucking uh, controls and just like let let the whole like system go to in in a fucking fritz. And Walter's masters will come down and basically uh, burn, it, burn basically burn everything. Option two is um, we let the tensions keep flying, and because of Naya's death right now, because of what Ryan just did by shutting down everybody's immortality, and certain people die, certain people don't, but because now there is no actual ecosystem that of why, why Walter chose all these specific people, um, again, his masters will come down and notice and basically shut, actually shut the system down instead, and then they will all die instead. Or option three everybody has to agree to kill walter instead and they get to and then since like they're, they're learning the controls they get to keep running it they can basically keep get keep getting away with it for like another century or so if like if, if they play the cards right maybe longer before they're before again walter's masters come by to, to do like a checkup on like what's been going on and they realize oh shit well walter's dead now we can actually shut shut everybody down so they can still keep living um they tell us to like least like the people who are, have been wanting to escape at least like ryan comes back out with walter tells him this and they're all about to like agree to it when the third party with um um with like nice husband like with the fucking gun being like no that's not what i want i want actual revenge um so it, it just comes down to like explaining it to him one more time and it's just like he's like obviously calm down to calm down his emotions but uh ryan has to be the one to do it to do it since like she's the one that kind of messed up the whole thing anyway and at the end, he, Ryan gets, like, like Ryan, uh, fucking Walter gets, like, this, like, little bit of, like, regret. It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I just only wanted you guys, like, as my family. And, and they're just, like, yo, just, like, just stop. You've already done enough. Just, just shut the fuck up. And they kill him. And they kill him. And the whole time, throughout the throughout the issue, um, he kept getting, like, these, like, these last, like, info pages. And it's, like, um, basically, like, the last email, the so last text. um. That Walter had with each of with each of the people um, before they all came to the to the lake house, and on the last one, well, um, after they kill him, like right before they kill him, Nora was about to say something, but she's like, but she stops herself and is just like, no, yeah, this is the only way to do it. And the last transcript that we get is between Walter and Nora. Uh. And when we come to find out. <laughs> We're find... <You're> so torn. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you just find out that there's more lies on top on top of it all. Where like now that he's dead, and like it's it's, it's all about like remembering the specific thing, um, or re- remembering like, the specific thing with Walter. And after this, it'll be different. But now um, Walter's still alive. The only person that knows this is Nora, because this is the only way so we can they, they can actually make it out of this or at least like, go forward. So now Nora's the one with the secrets. Walter's still out there watching them, and this is the end of cycle one. Expect it to return. We don't get because like yeah, I, 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 the whole time I was wondering. I, going back to when we're talking about um, um, when they find them when they're dead. We're like, I didn't know what answer I wanted, so it's like any answer would have been the right answer. This, this one's different. This one's like, I'm not pissed. Yeah, this, I'm, is the <laughs> this, this is the opposite. This is the opposite. I'm not mad. Like It's not a bad book or anything. But it's just like, I, I mean, I really thought it was a limited series. I really thought we were going to get the actual proper ending. Like, every issue kept teasing like this like fiery escape, or it was just like, it's probably going to something that's going to happen later. But it was just like, I thought it was going to happen here. <laughs> so, wow. fuck. So, like, I guess we'll see. It, it was a good twist, but it was like, it, I guess it, it left me wanting, which is a good thing, but not the way I wanted. <laughs> yeah <laughs> for 12 issues for fucking for a whole year and it's like well now I have to expect more for like that like, the other answer so it's kind of like ah, uh, it, it was just it hit different
2: <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> <That's> you James <laughs> just, yeah uh,
0: well I, I'd heard a couple people being like I really like the book but I'm not so happy with the last issue and I was like hmm, I wonder why so mm-hmm. yeah, I mean that's probably it you know sequel bait yeah so that'll get a lot of people so Alright, moving on. Dead Boy Detectives number one from the Sandman universe. Yes. Um, I should point out it is written by Porn Sak Pachote, mm-hmm. which I should be clear. This is actually my first comic for him, except for that issue of Silver Coin.
1: Oh nice. Um, yeah.
0: So yeah. Art by Jeff Stokely, colors by Mikel Mikhail Moretto, and letter by Hassan Atsumani al Hau. Uh, Cause you were the one reviewing good Asian, so. Yes. Um I went back and read the Dead Boy Detective's trade uh, before mm-hmm. this because I wanted to remember these characters and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoy it. Uh, I was a big fan of Encyclopedia Brown as a kid. Okay, I don't know if you know what that is because it might be like an old person thing. Uh huh. No, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like it was like a mystery book for kids where he mm-hmm. ran a like neighborhood detective agency and. Yeah, it was it was my crack, but I loved it. It was really really good, and this is kind of that, but supernatural, and I really dig that. um But also, Thessaly's there, and I love Thessaly. She's oh. one of my favorite Sandman characters. So. Yeah, I really like it. I like the focus on the the whole. Oh, it's it's Korean, right? The Korean lore was it Korean or was it Thai?
1: It's I'm thai. To blank.
0: Oh, it's Thai. Thank you. I don't know why I thought Korean. But uh, immediately, yeah. But like the different the different culture of Ghost, which I thought was really cool and educational because it's not something I know about. You know what I mean? I thought that was right. really dope to like learn about that a bit. And it's also got a really couple really grim, bloody, awful looking like scenes. This shit is horrifying. So, um, but I really really liked it. I thought it was really cool. Uh, it's a good setup. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm really liking this expanded Sandman universe. So,
1: what do you think? I really love this because, like, I mean, like, you, you, even, even, um, uh, yeah, uh, they they have like the their solo trade, but even like then their their introduction in Sandman, like, in twenty five, like, it's like in the Sandman in the Sandman books, it's everything. It, it, it was it was such a dark series, so you see them like as like the the Ghost Boy Detectives. So I love that this ish this book, has this starting off like in a, like in a YA palette, but it's so fucking grim. Like the page that you showed me is is awesome, but the one that got me was the back. Oh yeah showing the back uh was what is she uh, the hollow back ghost? Oh that one just actually crawled under my under my skin. Um so so I love that you get like these all these every other page is just like it's you almost reading a YA novel, but you know that the 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 other shoes gonna drop and you're gonna get these grim ass pages because part of the Sandman universe. I really like the the start so far.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I'm really enjoying it. So, but yeah, I went back and reread that trade, and I really like it. I, I, I need like to go back it. and do that too. It's something that not a lot of people have read. And honestly, when I picked it up, I was like, "What's this?" It's got Neil Gaiman's name on it. Basically, is what I saw. <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, this is oh those kids." Like I didn't put that together in my head. Nice. And it's really good. So, all right. Next up, Blue Beetle: Graduation Day Number Two. Uh, also, <laughs> oh, is catching up on this book. He just doesn't have it yet. Written by Josh Trujillo, art by Adrian Gutierrez, colored by Will Quintana, lettered by Lucas Gattoni. So, yeah, basically, he's been grounded by Superman and now he can't be Blue Beetle. And he's having to do like work at a restaurant and all this stuff. And they're basically keeping him out of it because they don't know. They're about to get invaded by the aliens that, you know, made the scarabs. So they don't want him to be on their side, you know, being out of control or something. But unfortunately, the battle is coming to him because the yellow beetle huh. comes from. Her name is dynasties Like dynasty but with es at the end. Okay. I don't know if that's Spanish. There's a lot of actual Spanish in this and they talk back and forth in Spanish quite a bit. So um hmm. but yeah, they they get into a big fight and uh she's able to basically deactivate his his scarab or something happens to a scarab and deactivates and she's about to take him out when Ted Kord shows up and saves the day. <laughs> nice. The original Blue Beetle. He traps her in a, in a, like a little bubble that she can't get out of. And, um, yeah, they, she ends up removing her costume and she looks like this. Oh, and I'm like, bro, get it, get it. Jaime. <laughs> uh, so he basically, um, she's basically like, I'm here to attack you. Our name is Ziomara. Um, and it's like yeah you know a, my scarab was here to attack you you're a threat or something like that um and it's great because there's a moment that, like all these heroes are conspiring to keep him out of the fight even ted cord's on that side Ted cord's like i'll give you an internship so you can just work here he gets home and his, i think it's his aunt is like oh you have a friend in the back waiting for you and it's fucking starfire in full costume and I'm like how how did that initial conversation go and she's like, the planet is preparing for war, Jaime Reyes, and you're the only one who can stop it. I love this idea that all the heroes are like, no one tell Jaime what's going on. And Starfire's like, fuck that. <laughs> <It just> goes, <laughs> she's like, I'm also from a warlike alien race. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm really enjoying this book. It's great. I love the art. I absolutely adore the art. It's really good. The yellow beetle design is straight up like, like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the really good covers. Like, that's how good oh, that nice. art is. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. It's a great design. Next up. Oh, I'm excited to talk about this book. Jon Stewart, The Emerald Knight, number one. Oh, yeah. So, uh, written by Jeffrey Thorne. Art by Marco Santucci. Colors by Michael Atea and letter by Rob Lay. So, in the last run of Green Lantern, uh, Jon Stewart basically was given almost godlike power, essentially. He's incredibly Mm -hmm. powerful now. And he is the Green Lantern Corps now, essentially. Like, his power is the Green Lantern Corps. is the
1: battery itself. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Essentially, yeah. And so now he's running around with, quote, the Emerald Guard, which is, like, his hit force of Green Lanterns working Mm -hmm. with him. And they all have these orbs that they hold. I could probably show you a couple. You can see in their hands they're holding orbs. That's the sources of their power now. They fight some bad guys. Uh, I won't get into the specific details of who, what happens and everything, but um, the planet they're on is destroyed by the bad guy. He just blows it up. Mm -hmm. But Jon Stewart's so powerful now, he saves an entire city in a bubble (sighs) and stabilizes it in space. It's just cruising around space now.
1: That's awesome. Okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so that's how insanely powerful he is. And it's so good. Like, (laughs) he's basically like... Uh, we got to stop this bad guy, all this stuff. It's going to deal with some time travel and some alternate universe stuff, which I won't get into because, again, we'll be here all day talking about theoretical science. Um, <laughs> but long story short, he winnows his group down much smaller into basically like an elite force. So uh, he, he uses his power to give them all weapons. And so here's his force. And they all have swords. Yeah. And this is just ten of swords with the green lanterns. And I don't mean <laughs> that as an insult. It's fucking great. Basically, <laughs> basically it's Space Arthur. He's just traveling around with his knights, fixing problems. I'm fucking here for this. Cool. They, all have, they all have these fucking swords that are made out of his power. That like And so it's just so cool. And basically the big hook here and the big thing that a lot of people are talking about is one of the things in Jon Stewart's past is remember that um, the planet he blew up or he prevented from blowing up? Uh Uh-huh. It's back. They pulled it out of an alternate timeline and it's back. Ooh. Which means his wife is somewhere on that planet.
1: Oh, no shit.
0: Yeah, so. And then like We get these cool shots. Okay, so So the knights start getting, like, more personalized weapons. Like, that guy's got a cool spear and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, they they get more, like, what is their personal style of fighting? Um, And then, yeah, it's just going to be them fucking bombing around the universe solving problems. I am fucking here for this book. This is is the most original idea that they've done with Green Lantern since they introduced the other core, basically. All the other cores. Yeah. Since Bar Sector. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, in far sector. Yeah, far sector is great. I, was, I always forget that's Green Lantern. That's how great that book is. I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah. she is a Green Lantern." <laughs> like, so but no, yeah, since like the Black Lantern stuff. Mhm. Pretty much it's the most cool, unique, creative idea. I love it. That's awesome. So, I'm I'm 100% here for this. And Kilowog is one of the people with him, by the way.
1: Oh, that's good. That's good. Wog's great. Get one of the classics.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Hosway, talk to me about Batman beyond the White Knight 7.
1: Yes, book number seven. Uh, script, art, and covers by Sean Murphy, Dave Stewart with the colors, and world with the lettering. Um, so it opens up with uh, a, a, a flashback to when uh, the flying Graysons fell, and Bruce Wayne is there, is thinking about adopting, adopting Dick. It is a, there's a great shot, a, a great part of the. He's not alone. Alfred is there with him, and Alfred is basically being like, "Don't fucking do it, dude." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, I know that look in your eye do not pick up this, do not drop this boy to recruit him part of your fucking work. It's Alfred, like actually tell him to not fucking do it this way. Um, but Bruce is like, Oh, but look at him. He needs a family. I can supply him with like, whatever. He'll never, he'll never like want anything. Like the last thing he says is like, what? Well, I, uh, uh, I have to tell you, or I have let you, I have let you let him battle his, like let, let him battle his own demons, not yours. And it comes, and it comes back to like the present. And cause Dick had just taken a shot from, from powers. Um. So, so so it's just like just like remember going back to like the to like the password in that moment. Um, McGinnis comes in to just like start start, start fighting powers, but powers gets gets the uh, the better of him and, and hacks into the Batman Beyond suit. Um, and sends him sends him over to to kill off Bruce. Um, so like obviously he's re- reluctant in fighting fighting him. He can at least like tell them I'm not I don't mean this. Like it's all powers. Um, and and because it's the Batman Beyond suit, he's about to. get get, um one over bruce when the other robins show up the red hood and the other two robins show up and it's actually a pretty dope dope shot of the three of them in red um i still don't fully understand this because i thought it was all just because bruce was like old and crazy and how he was like he's like hallucinate he's like visualizing um uh napier and uh, joker but like the good one Uh, But at the same time, it's like he also let him take over and that's how he got to talk with Harley. But again, like that was also but at the same time she wasn't seeing Napier. She was she replied back to Bruce. Anyway, what doesn't make any sense is, well, the the numbers over McGinnis and they hold him down and they jack into his system because Napier tells Bruce, like, oh, I think I think I can overprogram it. Like, but like how? So they jack into the suit and the eyes go like they, they blink purple and green and they go back to white. And then it's like, oh, shit, it worked. Like, I'm not being over controlled anymore. And it's, and it's not like Joker, like, then n- taking over. He's, like, the true mastermind. No, wh- what happens is that the Batman Beyond Suits uh, um, hologram thing is able to produce out, like, a conscious Napier. So, like, everybody can see him now, but it's like, he wasn't really alive. He was just wasn't he part of like Bruce's just subconscious? It doesn't make any fucking sense. They never actually explain it. Um, he's just now there as a character that everybody can like talk to now. Um, right. Like originally, you thought it was like just like his conscience talking to him or something. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. It's
0: a figment of his imagination, but now it's kind of implied that it's actually a piece of him was inside Bruce.
1: Maybe. I may- <laughs>
0: like, yeah, I guess so. I I, I see guess what so. what you're saying because it's more like. You thought he was a Jiminy cricket, and in
1: city's like a dude in his head. <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> that's weird. Uh, yeah.
1: So so cool. So cool. We have McGinnis back again, and then everybody's kind of like take off the suit, McGinnis, and he's kind of like, "What? It's my fucking Batman suit." Um. And then at the end, Bruce got like, "No, no, he's right. It's it's his suit. Like whatever." So so nobody gets to fight over it anymore. So now now that everybody's like collected, uh, they're gonna take um the assault to um to Wayne Powers the Wayne Powers building. Um, and it's yeah. Team one is the GCPD and the GTO working together. Team two is uh, Dick and Jason. Um, team three is the two Robins, and then team four is Harley and the two Batmans, and I guess with ex- by extension the Joker as well. And to, so, to be concluded to uh, Sean Murphy's long Batman Beyond or Batman the White Knight series. you know how i feel about the joker (laughs) yeah i know i know that 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 part was like wait maybe i missed something a couple issues back because like maybe it is like how you explained it but it just it makes less sense no i got you i could see where (laughs) you weren't given the information to
0: make the right call yeah Yeah. all right next up is action comics ten fifty. i don't know how well this is going to look on camera so i apologize
1: (laughs) oh no shit okay oh that's cool it's the original action yeah, comic yeah. cover. And then on the back... I didn't know it was foily like, like that. Yeah. there's
0: Well, there's, it's a variant. There There's an angle. Yeah. So Nice. Yeah. Uh, so this is a very important issue in the history of Superman, which is why I picked it up. I don't normally buy action comics. I buy Son of Kal-El, which just ended. Mm-hmm. But it told me to read this issue. It's a good thing they did. <laughs> Written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Tom Taylor, and Josh Williamson. Art by Mike Perkins, Clayton Henry, and Nick Dragota, colors by Frank Martin, and letters by Dave Sharp.
1: There's a Nick Dragoda book in there? Yes. Fuck yeah. Okay. So
0: here's the funny part about this book. I just recently appeared on Men of Steel uh, with oh, Case yeah. and J Mike, and it was, a, it was a blast. The episode is out, so make sure to check that out on certain POV, by the way, guys. Um, we talked about Funeral for a Friend, the story after Superman died. And at the end of it, there is like a two page preview of the four supermen that come after he dies, which is <laughs> yeah. Superboy, cyborg, eradicator and steel steel. Yeah. So they get like a two page ad of like, this is what the book's going to look like. And it's really kind of cool. I always liked, liked that. So in this story, you might've heard that Superman's getting a secret identity pack. Mm-hmm. This is the issue where it happens. Oh, how it happens. Nice. Um, Manchester black, do you have any idea who I'm talking about when I say Manchester Black? No, but
1: I can just look him up.
0: Most people don't, so don't worry about it. Manchester Black is a supporting Superman character. Okay. Uh, I really liked him in Supergirl, for the record. He was great. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I know who he now. Um, he has telepathic mind powers, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's most recently... He was a villain to Superman, but now he's more of an ally. Like an estranged kind of ally kind of thing. Okay. Um, Lex Luthor takes basically takes him and makes a machine and I, I, I before i continue i'll just i'll just tell you what i told case i said this story is very much they knew where they needed to go and they just had to find a way to get there <laughs> okay they're like okay so this is gonna be a great story once we get where we need to go we have these awesome story ideas but we need a way to get there <laughs> they're, like, they're like lex Luthor makes a machine they're like perfect cool It's like, how is it psychic? Uh, Manchester black. He's got psychic (laughs) powers, right? That's literally what I felt like happened. I'm not shitting on it because sometimes to get where you need to go, sometimes you just need to make up some shit. Yeah. So I totally get it as a writer. I understand. (laughs) So that being said, Lex with her mixing machine plugs Manchester black into it. And is like, yo, here's, what's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to use your powers to erase, Superman's uh, the memory of Superman from everybody and Manchester Black's like <laughs> it's actually the best moment of the book <laughs> he's like um he's talking about how he knows Superman he's like hey you want to know a secret about him he's like you to know what he thinks about you talk to Luther what he thinks about you what he says about you in his darkest moments you won't believe it honestly but if you ask me I'll tell you And Luther's like what Manchester what does he say he goes nothing <gasps> All your years obsessing over him like a lovesick tween and the trillions you spent trying to make him look like a fool and he don't think about you at all. And then he just laughs in his face until Luther kills him. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's so good. Bro went out like a G. It was great. So um, so basically this whole psychic wave goes around the world and Mm -hmm. everybody forgets that Superman the supermen Mm -hmm. are Clark and John. Okay. Okay. Except for the people inside the protective bubble around the Kent farm, which was in Superman, Son of Cal, the last issue. Yes. So they set that up nicely. The only people in there are the Kents, mm-hmm. Lois Lane, and John's boyfriend, Jay. Oh, perfect. Okay. Perry White shows up afterwards because they're having a party. And, he, and Superman shows up. and goes, Hey, Perry. And Perry's like, Superman, what are you doing here? And he doesn't have any idea. It's Clark yeah so that's how they kind of figure out like something's going on and yeah luther basically erased the memory and he he said basically his whole thing is like the world needs a superman like he ends up telling superman the world needs a superman and he's like i thought it was gonna be a really cool moment where he's like you know i get it they need a superman and you need your own identity so your family's safe i thought it was gonna be cool like that and so he's like then I'll give them the best version possible. My Superman! It's another fucking robot suit. I'm like, God damn it, Lex. <laughs> like <laughs> so they have a big robot suit fight. Superman fucking destroys him. Uh it's great. He actually destroys his machine in space, but leaves mm. his air bubble on, so he nice. survives. And it's just like, you know. Oh yeah, like He's like, don't kill me. And he's like, Of course you'd think that you're going to prison for murder. Because this person knows that Superman doesn't kill people. So good. Good writing. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he's like, the next time you think you have the power to threaten my family or kill my friends with the punity, think again. And now here's the key, right? <laughs> they put this line in that really bothered me. Because it felt like a, oh, shit, what about moment, you know, mm-hmm. where he's meeting with Batman and Batman's like, it was a tele- planet wide telepathic attack. And I'm like, oh, Batman probably forgot. And they're like, the Justice League reservists and Titans all have psychic defenses set up by Martian Manhunter. And I was like,
1: <laughs> <God
0: damn it. laughs> such a deus ex machina last yep. moment. Like, oh, fuck, there's people. What if Stephanie forgets? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Oh. With da- Damien Damien wasn't in the bubble. Like, oh, fuck. We got to make it. It felt like New 52. You know, in New Fit, the beginning of New 52, where they're like, Batman's been around for years. Superman's just starting, but Batman's been around for years. I'm like, what? That doesn't make any
1: sense. Meanwhile, the Green Lantern book is still talking about Blackest Night.
0: Exactly. Right. (laughs) And so that's why I was kind of like, they're like, shit, we got to fucking put some paste over this shit and hope no one knows. And I'm not shitting on this book. I really enjoyed the issue. Um, But basically, what they do at the end is they set up all the next books. By giving them a two-page preview. <laughs> oh, cool. so, um, The first one is... Uh, it's got a, a shot of Luther in jail. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the next Superman number one.
1: Oh, okay. Uh,
0: the, uh, the next one is elsewhere in the multiverse. It's someone killing all the... All the other Kal-Els in the universe. Oh, and President. I believe this is the president Superman finds him. I think and so, sa- yeah. And says, We need John Kent. And then that's the Superman John, Adventures of Superman John Kent book. Cool. And then the last one, they show Metallo being resurrected. Oh. And that's going to be the new Action Comics run. Okay. So the creative team on this, from what I remember, is going to be the creative team for those three books, which, if that's correct, Nick Gagroda might be drawing one of these books.
1: Oh, that, oh okay. Oh, goddammit. Fuck you, DZ. I know, and DZ. that's why I'm kind of like...
0: I'm, maybe action comics it might be action comics so
1: that's cool um
0: but yeah dude i it's it's it was really cool it's it sets up a whole new you know next next era of Superman yeah and
1: en- entering the lazarus planet stuff yeah
0: yeah yeah which mm, I have some lazarus planet thoughts but we'll wait till it starts <laughs> okay. uh, I'm just gonna be very curious how they set up tension when the whole point of the crossover is no one can die Right, like the X Men, there's still tension because if you die in the other world, your mind's erased. Or um, yeah. if they, if they kill Professor X and all the telepaths, you still can't be brought back. But if Lazarus plan, if you die and it just rains on you and you come back to life, what's the point of everything? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so we'll see, we'll see. They might do it really well. I'm not going to shut up it before it happens. Detective Comics ten sixty seven. Yes. Uh, my favorite issue so far of the V run. oh uh, dope, dope. Start there. Written by Rom V, art by Ivan Reese, inked by Danny Miki, Dave Stewart, colors, letters by Ariana Mayer. Um, it's really cool. It's setting up these villains, and uh, so I had two reactions to this book. My first reaction was these villains, and I'm like, okay, so it's like this cool organization from the beginnings of Ar- uh, Gotham, and they're coming back. Oh, this is the Court of Owls. Like I was like, isn't, isn't this the story of the Court of Owls, like a organization Particularly right. trying to control gotham from the origins of the city and i'm like wait a minute and i'm like mm. but it's different enough but i was just kind of like wait a minute like that made me stop for a second and be like are we doing the court of owls again <laughs> like so um but the thing i really really liked i love the mr freeze batman interaction in this book mm-hmm. i love when batman has an interaction with one of his villains that doesn't involve joker laughing in his face or him beating the shit out of them. Like when he talks to them like a human being, that's the shit I want batman to be doing. So, I really like this. The fact that basically we batman would have died without Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Uh so that that was my highlight. I really enjoyed that bit. And I I do like the villains. I like what's building up, but
1: yeah, my first thought was like, "Oh god, this is Court of Owls, isn't it? Just with powers." Basically. <laughs> so, yeah, what do you think? um yeah i know definitely the mr freeze part was definitely my favorite only because like we can start like if, if anyone really deserves a, a a future for for gotham books either as an anti-hero or just for for just future for more future stories is victor freeze like this book just like like this issue like put him on a whole different path than like how we know him him coming to grips with the whole like nora thing like letting her go like yeah he has like his room his cathedral all the statues, but his mission his sole mission isn't to just revive her anymore he's willing to just finally take that step forward let's let's keep telling some victor free stories after this because this is super fucking interesting it's really interesting because she's in
0: wildcats right now yeah um yeah so she's kind of a super villain of her own now Mm -hmm. and doing
1: her thing and so it's like him being left behind and i think that's really interesting yeah yeah i agree um and, and i think we said the same thing on the last issue where it's like not that we weren't enjoying it before but now that we can like definitely pick up and go like like these issues are really starting to get better and better um into detective comics everything else was a foundation yeah the oh, last yeah. few issues have
0: actually been building on the foundation mm-hmm. so yeah i agree all right next up harley quinn 25 the countdown for stephanie's finale is coming and i'm, I'm not ready for it i'll just say i'm not emotionally ready um written by stephanie phillips art by Matteo Lalli and david baldion uh codes by Raymond burrito and letter by darren bennett um In the last issue, we saw the Harley who laughs uh, come in, and she's the one who killed Harley, but Harley was brought back by the Lazarus pit, right? Well, she reconfronts the Harley who laughs, and you find out that she's been traveling the multiverse killing all Harleys. Kind of like Uh Dr. Octopus. But anyways, (laughs) so old, old woman Harley old lady Harley, I think is what it's actually called. Mm-hmm. Uh, ends up teaming up with our Harley to take on the Harley who laughs. And it's really interesting and fun. I, I really actually like it. Um, and also they team up with killer frost who should be in everything. <laughs> she is the best. I, mean, I just really like ice characters. I think so, <laughs> I'm like Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Captain cold, best villain in DC. <laughs> like, Um, but it's really cool. And then it ends with a big thing where all these Harleys are getting teleported in from the multiverse. Oh, so, no shit. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun. I, I really feel like it's, again, Stephanie taking one last you know lap around this character and having a really good time. It's been a great run. I really enjoyed it. It's a shame. But if Stephanie's moving on to something else that she's going to enjoy, I'm, I'm very, very happy for her. So, yeah, really great stuff. And finally... Oh, if there was a snub in the Remy's this year, this was it. Wonder Woman Historia, number
1: three. I saw Batman.
0: Oh, I totally skipped it. It was before Harley Quinn. My bad. Batman 131. There goes all the drama, Josue. (laughs) Batman
1: 131. Go ahead. Okay, Batman 131. uh, Slight uh, creative team uh, change up. We still have Chip Zarsky on writing. We have Mike Hawthorne on the pencils. I know the Benedetto on the inks. And Tony Mori on the colors with Clayton Cowles on lettering. So, we last off on, with... Uh, we concluded fail Save, And fail Save got programmed with some compassion. But he was able to write that and still shoot Bruce with this weird gun. Because all he left was a little crater. And so now we have the Batman. Of Gotham with a hyphen, and so where did Bruce go? <laughs> um, he wakes up and like, the the first thing is, he's trying to remember, yeah, what the fuck was the last thing? And it's just like seeing Tim and then getting shot, and it's it's, it's still a fucking blur. Uh, he get he basically gets a uh, he wakes up because like he's getting he's getting um robbed by these, these two people like they they take his uh utility belt and he's just like a monologuing is like wait hey get your bearings straight what the fuck's, what the fuck's happening. When you finally hear an ally, careful, pal. You might just big break, uh, break your big, uh, big brain thinking so much, and it's like, and he sees him, and Bruce is still thinking, "Wait, did the Zurn R damage? Uh, did the Zurn our protocol like damage my mind?" And this is him thinking it, and now this person's replying back, "Hardly bats. It's just me. You're good, pal, Jimbo." And it's this skeletal figure uh-huh. of a Jim Gordon. So now he, he basically can't even think for himself because it's like this person is actually like obviously reading his thoughts. He's looking out to this like they go out to this, this rooftop looking into the city. It's still it's Gotham, only uh, the Wayne Tower is just looks looks a little different. Um, it, we uh, then and then he hears a, a scream like a, a cry for help and it's like uh, but it's still Gotham and I'm still me. <laughs> so it cuts to to this like priest priestish looking like judge. He is a judge, and at first, at first, you think like, "Oh, is this this world's Bruce Wayne? Like, is like he's playing Batman this way?" And he's knocking the door. It's like it's time. Um, it's time for it's time for judgment. It's time for to let judgment in. And it turns out it's actually it's actually fucking Two Face. This big ass dude is actually Two Face. He just paints like half his face white, and he's basically a, he's basically a, a, a judge dread like a, in this for this Gotham. Like the way he dresses, it's just like it's it's he's definitely working for the police force. Bruce comes in, like obviously, just like put a stop to it as he's trying to figure it all out. He's about to get like he's about. And he's also start fighting off um, some pol- uh, other other officers, and he's almost gonna get like the upper hand here when he looks at the window and Firefly shows up and he just starts like flaming up the place. So it's kind of like, well, shit, not. I definitely can't do this right now. He still he still hasn't recovered from the from the from the failsafe fight. Rescue's the lady, um, kind of like yeah, puts her in, in the safety and. 2 Face uh, grabs him back again this guy is this 2 Face is massive um he's about to just like actually punch him down when like these two daggers come in and like stab 2 Face in the uh in the face and it's like this random girl is like yo take my hand if you want to live and they go they jump out the window <laughs> they make it onto they make it out to her car and he just starts passing out and like the skeletal gym is like says like one last snarky thing we cut two Selena looking super high in this world, and like oh, being man. a king, being a kingpin um uh, basically someone owes her money and she just like kicks his ass and gets a call from a red mask, and then we actually get to see him, and I don't know who to pin him on yet. I don't know who this is who this would be yet, but we just do get revealed that he goes by red mask hmm um and so we get to the, the at the end of the issue um it's just like this like super like, it's like your your typical noir apartment. Um, and he's still talking to himself to Jim, but now he's actually thinking to to himself, and Jim is letting him think to himself, and he's starting to figure out, um, he's starting to figure out that, uh, I was like, okay, maybe that gun was something else. Like, this also came from the Fortress of Solitude. Um, This this was Failsafe's compassion to send him to a Gotham. Like, he's basically already figured out, I think Bruce Wayne is dead in this world safe sent him to a world where there is no uh, batman and that was his compassion so but it still got them it's still got them to save so basically he's gonna he's gonna be a batman for for this gotham for for now makes sense yeah um we cut to uh, and then like the the extra story is called the toy box um but it's basically an uh, a story uh cu- coming back to tim and to the present time and how, how he's blaming himself blaming him blaming himself and he's not buying that bruce is dead like it's um if Bruce if Bruce, was, if Bruce uh, was really dead failsafe wouldn't wouldn't have like broken the gun that he used because that, that's what he's trying to figure he's trying to like reverse engineer the gun to figure out what the fuck it, it was to figure out uh, what it sent him to um but yeah and, and John is there he's kind of blaming himself because he was on to put the gun in the in the fortress of, Sol- of solitude um and he probably should have like known what it was before just like leaving it there um but yeah t- uh, Tim is just like pissed right now But, yeah that was the extra sto- the extra story interesting
0: all right now less dramatic wonder woman historia number three <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which coverage you get oh my I, I had to get this one me too we I both got, got, got the pretty... the paquette variant okay good written by kelly pseudoconic art by nicholas scott colors by annette Quack, and letter by clayton cowles this book is amazing i'm not going to go blow by blow because it's a biggin yeah um but it really delves into the mythology of it all and the different relations with the gods i love to get dionysus in this for instance um the Heracles stuff was fucking amazing and brutal and <laughs> just so good. Um but yeah, it, it kind of wraps up the history of the Amazons and what had happened to them prior to Wonder Woman showing up, leading right up to her arrival, which I thought was in a great moment because like I love the how she got her name because Diana is another name for Artemis. Artemis' name is Diana. <laughs> And so, basically, when she's created, she's like, "You have a lot of names. You have one to spare." And then she gave her the name Diana, which I thought was really cool. So, lots of really great stuff going here. Such a great dive into the into the psyche of Hippolyta.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, just I, probably the best like character work of Hippolyta I've seen. Yeah, so good, and the art's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, there's a billion shots you can talk about. My personal favorite is probably this one with Heracles.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that one's great. But even like the, the showdown before that, like this. this oh, that shot. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so good, dude. Like, I really, really like it. Also, Apollo's a dickhead and you've been reading Lord Olympus. So you're probably like, yeah, oh. fuck Apollo. <laughs> so, yeah, I,
1: yeah, I knew that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's great. Um, This is the end. It's three issues. So we're done uh do this with more things please
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah dc like do this do arkham city order the world like do actual like just give me like a different palette like make it interesting if you if
0: they oh. did a like like a krypton origin not of Kalel. of the planet with this Uh style I would love it if they did something like this for the new gods and apocalypse I'd read the fuck out of that book like you know stuff like that like just do these cool historical pieces I really like this you know what we really need the origin of Atlantis in DC
1: oh yeah a true one yeah
0: like have it act like tell the story of it sinking like how cool would that be like
1: I'd love that but yeah anything you want to add Um, it was just it's it was perfect. It was really, really good. I'm so glad that like, Kelly Sue kind of got to tell, us like a, it was a, a border at the at the very end. It was it was almost like a a, a refresh take on yeah, like it was like the origin on the origins of the Amazons, but at the very end, like a really solid like retelling on for Diana's origin. Like she got to just like take it away from the patriarchy of like how she got molded from clay and who got to bring her to life. She got to change that and like, give it and it's like, and give it to like a, a win for women. It was like a really, really good way. And the way it was done, it was awesome. So fucking good. And then again, like the, the, the shouts to, to the name, the name, the name despair. you got to, and, and everything before that, like you get to have like a, a real sense of dread. Like it's, it's hard to really, like it's, it's hard to really, at least like for me, cause I, you can maybe, we expect a happy ending, um, or we know what the future's gonna, what the future lies for certain characters. But in this issue, like, you got to sense some real dread. Like, you know, the Amazons are stoic. They're just like merciless. They're, they'll, they'll never fucking give up. There's a, there are moments here where it's just like, it's all going to shit. And it's really Hippolyta just like holding it down. And it's like, those are the brinks that you actually see it. Those are the rings like, Oh, like that's what it is. Like it's going to hold on to those moments, but then it's like, it keeps cracking, keeps going, keeps pushing it to where it's just like, Hippolyta is just like, finally, like, whatever threat she's holding gone to, she sees the end and it comes with the price. And it's like, Oh, there it is. And it sucks. It sucks so much. Like how and why they had to be punished, punished all these fucking years but oh my god, but it's like, but it's all like just, they lost it, like, it's like holding on for like their dignity, but even though that's kind of what they said, they they lose. Oh, it was such a great tale. Such a great fucking book. Yeah, it was amazing.
0: Really, really good. Definitely recommend picking it up. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Final publisher is Marvel, as always. And good god, let's go. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm going to go turbo speed for some of these because we got a lot. Star Wars, the high Republic number three written by Kevin Scott art by Ari- Ario, Ario and inked by Mark Morales, colored by Frank William and letter by Ariana Mayer. Uh, it's a three part of that story about the the city with all that's all about the, all the temples and stuff like that. Uh, it's really cool. We get to delve into the, um, the character they just met um, and like kind of what his, what he's about, Sarek. And it's really cool. You kind of get to understand like what's important to them. And how other people feel about them. It is a bit of a character study. It doesn't really progress the plot too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of needed. Because that character was a little bit of a blank slate. So I really liked it. Really good stuff. Next up. Star Wars The High Republic. The Blade. Ooh. Yes. Written by Charles Soule. Drawn by Marco Castiello. Colored by Jim Charalampidis. And letter by Travis Lanham. This is so cool. Um, it's about a guy, a Jedi from back in the Higher public time, who is, like, one of the most talented, like, Jedi ever. Like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, he takes these playing cards, right? And um, he's, like, levitating them while he's trying to talk people down from a fight. He's just levitating them around, right? And uh, these two people shoot at him. And he doesn't have his lightsaber out. he busts his lightsaber out as they are firing. he reflects the, the the blasters through the cards nice. and kills them huh. like it's just so cool. it's like this really showy unnecessary thing. And then there's a character that's kind of his sister but it's it's like an adopted like Jedi sister kind of thing okay but she's not like a combat one but she's very intuitive. she very much has like the instincts and everything like that. So it's kind of like their team, and we get a cool flashback of them, how they met each other, and you know, kind of what their relationship is like. It's really interesting. Um, this is a really good setup, and there's been some really great minis coming mm-hmm. from the High Republic that I've really enjoyed. Um, the monster on Temple Peak was really good. So there's a guy who basically challenges him to a, a lightsaber duel just to be like, hey, I want to practice. Nice. And he just immediately... He lets go of his saber, uses the force to keep it going, steps aside, pulls out a little dagger saber and holds the guy's throat.
1: Oh, that is sick. No one's ever done that. Actually, use the force to like wave it in the midair while they just did something else. Oh, that's awesome. Right? I'm like, fuck what? (laughs) Like, I was like, that's so cool. So, yeah, I love
0: this already. I love this character. I love the dynamic between him and the quote sister. Good stuff. Final Star Wars book is Star Wars Dr. Afra. Nice. Number 27. Written by Alyssa Wong or by Minky Jung, Colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and lettered by Jokara Magna. This entire time, Aphra has been trapped in her own body by the spark. And we kind of figure out like she had a plan all along kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's not perfect. <laughs> but she is able to kind of get control of her body back. And there's this whole thing going. Meanwhile, a lot of this issue is about the side characters, which is great because I love the side characters. It does touch on Hidden Empire a little bit. Uh, which I won't get into too much because it's already stuff I've gone over, but basically all of her friends were killed it's like their their ship was blown up and they were gonna die in space yeah they got saved by just lucky mm-hmm. who is the supporting character that's been around from the beginning and the the crime boss they work for her nephew is the one that uses his back to tanks to bring them back and he's like you want to pay me back? Kill my aunt, basically. Give me control over it. So now i got to kind of decide what they're going to do. So, Yep, really good. That's it for the Star Wars run. Next up, All Out Avengers number four. I won't spend too much time okay. on this one. Written by Greg, or, <laughs> written by Derek Landy, penciled by Greg Land, inked by Jay Leeson, colored by Frank Darmada, and letter by Corey Petit. Yeah, I'm not making that joke again. I want to, but I'm not <laughs> going to. Although it does up with a really great I, I actually like this. It's Black Widow falling into what looks to be like a Sarlacc pit. Oh, damn. I just read three Star Wars comics in a row. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's great because the commentary says, this is one of the deadliest organisms in the universe. The creature has been bred to kill without mercy, hesitation, or compunction. It is the perfect instrument of cold, passionless death. The other creature is a Grexel. It lives as, It lives in a hole. <laughs> of... <laughs> like, and so, yeah, basically, it's, again, all out Avengers where it's just, it's happening on another planet. We're thrown in the deep end don't fucking ask questions. The shit's going down. Like, and it's just like, and I, I do appreciate that, that we don't fucking waste time. Um, the team in this case is uh, Captain Marvel, uh, Black Widow, Spider-Woman, and Hawkeye. And also an AIM agent. Okay. who is like a good guy. It's this <laughs> whole thing. So there's this great thing where all the girls' costumes are intact. But for some reason, Hawkeye's down to shorts. And they ask him what happened to your costume. He's like, Don't ask, basically. What the fuck? <laughs> then later on, they're on the they're on their little ship. They're on another planet, so they're trying to go to the next place. And Hawkeye's in the back, he goes, damn it. They're like, What is it, Clint? And he goes, Nothing. It, but my suit just ca- caught on the edge of it, it ripped more. I look ridiculous. And then he comes out and he's in a fucking loincloth. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> he spends the rest of the fight in a loincloth, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, again, they're kind of dealing with the fact that they have these big chunks of memory missing and they're trying to figure out why. Um, and so this is all kind of... All these individual adventures are going to build up to something. But I do like we just get thrown in. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Which, to be fair, with the art that Greg Land does, this is the best kind of story to tell. Okay. It's the best use of the artist they have. If that makes sense. Like if Marvel... Manage to convince Todd McFarlane to come back. You give him Spider-Man. <laughs> like, that's just <laughs> how it is. You know what I mean? Like, if you got Greg Land and you're gonna make a comic of Greg Land, you make it non-stop action with people staring directly at the camera, and it works. So, <laughs> cool. Next up, Timeless, 2022. I got the Miss Minutes card. Nice, because <laughs> I love Miss Minutes. Um, who does not appear in this comic at all, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, written by Jed McKay. Art by, let's see if this sounds familiar, Greg Land, <laughs> Jay Lyston, Patrick Zercher, Salvador La Roca. Colored by Frank D'Armada and letter by Ariana Mayer. This is another, like we had one of these last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we got this one this year, which is Kang uh, traveling through time and on adventures. So I, m- I hinted at this during the news, but basically the idea is there is a moment that he can't touch in time. He can't travel to this moment. He can't find it. And he's trying to figure out what the fuck it is and it's locked away and it's only accessible by heroes. Heroes have to go on some mission to like unlock it. And he's fighting or he comes across another bad guy who wants it. So the bad guy forms his own team of heroes <laughs> to do it. Um it's it's really interesting because like I like the I like the team he he's, he makes. They're kind of they're kind of inhuman Z kind of eternal Z in my opinion, but okay. yeah, so you can kind of see like let me see
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. No, i I get you,
0: yeah, so but they're all named after. Well, there's Arter, the king, Mordred, the witch, huh. Parsifal, the icon, Lancelot, the star, uh-huh. uh, Bedivere, the engineer, Bersalak, the construct, and Galhut, the god. Uh, I like Lancelot because they made her a lady. Uh-huh. Uh, so I thought that was a cool choice. Basically, he's like, fuck this. And he just starts bouncing through time. And like two of them at a time find him. And he just keeps bouncing through time, essentially, is what <laughs> happens. Running away. And he's like, hey, you guys aren't heroes if you're helping a villain. And they're like, he's not a villain. They're, he's like... What do you, what do you think he's going to do with this knowledge? The same thing I'm going to do and I'm a villain. Like I like his self He's Like <laughs> I'm going to use it for all kinds of shit. <laughs> like, so um but yeah, basically he kind of argues his case. He kind of argues Mordred onto his side. Okay. Which I thought was really cool cuz Mordred he's like my role is to betray. That's what Mordred does. Right. going to be a constant.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Um but uh the the one he ends up getting into uh, a fight with Parsifal, which is Percival, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, and Percival's whole thing is as long as he, his power is as long as he's fighting for good, he wins. Oh. And so Kang is fist fighting this dude and then basically convinces him you're working for a bad guy, therefore you're not working for win, <laughs> basically, or for good. And so he ends up losing. And then bad dude stabs him to his chest. So, because he's a. Wait, bitch. was
1: the Percival like the one with the Mohawk? No, that was the god. Oh, that was the god. okay. I was gonna say it's like oh, uh, it made me think of a gladiator per, and like his powers, the, the hoodie boy. Oh, okay, it made me think yeah. of gladiator's powers, and it's like, oh shit, never mind. Yeah, yeah. as long as people believe in him,
0: yeah. or yeah. as long as he believes in himself. Yeah, um, so King gets stabbed to the chest, he's dying. He goes to null time where time doesn't happen, okay, so he doesn't bleed out. And he's like, you know, if I if I'm the thwart this guy, by the way, this dude's basically Merlin. It's Meriden, but it's Merlin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But he's like, if I'm to thwart Meriden, even from beyond the grave, then I'll require heroes of my own. And then that's when we find out that he is going to be recruiting his own team of Avengers to find the missing
1: moment. Nice.
0: So, yeah, that's kind of where. And if you want to see the logo, that's what it looks like. I said you're not bad. Yeah. So we'll see. Maybe we'll get a new group of Avengers. I'll I'll be done with that. Nice, (laughs) led by King. (laughs) I know, right? It'd be Iron Lad King. That'd be cool. Ooh. Uh, Next up, Miracle Man, Silver Age, number three. I love this cover.
1: Oh, shit. That is a nice cover.
0: Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Story by Noel Gaiman, art by Mark Buckingham, uh, color by Jordi Belair, and letter by Todd Klein kid miracle man is back if you remember the last issue miracle man's like you're gay right and then he's like get the fuck out of here i'm not some homo and he runs away so he basically crashes on top of like a mountain like a himalaya type mountain and he meets a bunch of people that are climbing up the mountain including this chick who's just trying to fuck whoever she can the entire time (laughs) and then some other dude who's basically like in line to get cybernetic enhancements, but isn't sure if he actually wants them. Mm. And so he's meeting up with somebody to ask him. Turns out this dude he's meeting up with is Mr. Master, who was the first enhanced person. First person that Miracle Man gave powers through, you know, cybernetic enhancements. Okay. And they basically talked about, like, what was he thinking? What did he feel about it? And all that stuff. It's really cool. It's a, it's, it's kind of a bottle episode. Because mm-hmm. they're just in this little hut on the side of the mountain talking about it. And yeah, I thought it was really cool and it, it does have a really great comparison because this chick who again she represents this new breed of hero that's just like we have powers and we can fuck and let's go. Like she's <laughs> like, Let's party and versus this dude who's like, I'm trying to make this, you know, important decision about do I want to do this to my body and so it's a really cool contradiction. I like this issue a lot. Um it also has some pretty serious hints that Kid Miracle Man is very much gay. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, very interesting. So um. Actually, no. You know. No. Fuck it. I was gonna move on, but we're gonna talk about this. <laughs> um. There's a moment where he's having a nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm trying to find the page. He has the nightmare. Oh yeah, it's, they say it two places. Um. The chick is like, "Hey, you want to fuck?" And he's like, "No." And so it's like, okay. He has the nightmare, right? And the dude who's traveling with him checks on him in their little hut. Dude is fucking nude. He's naked. There's not a stitch of clothing on him. Yeah. He's just sleeping naked next to this kid. That kid's like checking that dick out. I don't care what you're saying. So, <laughs> so anyways, moving on. <laughs> Enough about Mer- young miracle man's dick. Uh, She-Hulk number nine. Oh. <laughs> Written by Rainbow Roll. Art by Takeshi Miyazawa. Colors by Rika Renzi and Joe Car- Magna Doing the lettering. If I sound unenthused there's a reason this is a really good issue but fucking hell yeah um, I mean she calls it out herself we don't need to call it out you know what I mean so basically in this issue Jin the two people kidnap Jin they're going to take her gamma Jack, Jack of Hearts is able to find her and the only way he can do it is by taking his powers back and does it kill him Maybe it kind of looks like it kills him. Uh, Doesn't mean he has his powers back and therefore he's going to drain Jen again and they can't be together anymore. I think that's more likely. Um, I don't think he's going to be dead dead. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's sad regardless. And then this is our first time really getting a hardcore fourth wall break. Yeah. And most of the time when she does them, they're funny and like goofy. This one was sad as fuck. Because it's basically her being like, I'm happy. Could you stop fucking with me, basically? And I'm like, oh, God, it felt it felt like like I was I was peeping on somebody else's private matters. That's what this issue made me feel like. Like, I felt like like I was watching people from a window and it was horrible. It made me feel awful, but it was really good. It was really well done. Rainbow roll nailed it with the writing of this issue. (laughs) And the art's really—it's good. It's a really good issue. What do you think?
1: It was heartbreaking. <laughs> it was like I—I—I've I, been really liking how subtle, how minimal the fourth wall breakings have been, just so it can hit that much harder, and like on by like the ninth issue, and really have it out one on one between you as a reader and jen as a character and it just sucked it was like go on turn the page I'm just like daring you to you will because yeah you want to see it, you want to see it uh play out but it's like don't you just want to live in this moment and just reclose the book and just have let her have her fucking peace oh this issue was incredible this issue was so good with the fourth wall because people i've been seeing people complain like oh there's not enough fourth wall break or this this book was known for this fourth fourth wall break well there you fucking go you happy you fucking happy now that's what you get (laughs) it's like the answer
0: like oh you want a fourth wall break I'll give you a fourth (laughs) wall break (laughs) yeah I'm just I I really hope he's just survives and they can't be around each other (sighs) it'd be sadder it'd be actually much sadder but I think it's a more interesting story yeah we'll see All right, next up, Murder World Spider-Man number one. This Mm. is a fucking turn from that last one. Did you read this? I don't remember if you were reading these. Okay. Written by Jim Zub and Ray Fox, art by Fareed Karami, colored by Chris Sotomayor, and letter by Corey Petit. Uh, This is the one that's like the the, um, Battle Royale that Arcade's putting on, where robot versions of the Avengers attacked a bunch of the people in the last issue. And the character we followed throughout the entire first issue dies. At the end the first issue. So now we're following a new character. It's actually a character that was talking to him the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she is going to be the main character. She's a badass MMA fighter. And she she fights dudes. Yeah. And so she kept getting in trouble for, like, breaking people's arms and stuff. She's like, it's not my fault you didn't get to him quick enough to stop the fight. Like, basically. She finds out about the fight. She shows up. And we start developing some of the other characters. Like, there's an older guy that seems to know, like, his way around nature. He seems to know a lot, like, um, about what they're doing. There's also, um, a big buff dude who says he's a paramedic. Um, and he's kind of a fuckboy, to be honest with you. Um, and then there's this chick who she's like, that's the one that scares me. (laughs) Quote, that girl's done some shit, is what she says. Um, so they're going through this jungle, and they get attacked by the spiders. Huh, nice. And it's like every major Spider-Man That's awesome. or Spider-Woman and everything. So they're all trying to get through the jungle. They get attacked. A bunch of people die. Miles Morales ends up attacking her, and she puts him in a fucking arm bar. And then the fuck boy and the older guy work together to stop him. At the very beginning, you might remember there were like these supply packs they could grab, but half of them had a bomb in them. If you picked them up, mm-hmm. the older guy picked up one of the bomb ones and deactivated the bomb. So now he's just running around with the bomb and he uses it to destroy the robotic Miles Morales. Really smart dude, right? So we cut away, and Black Widow is watching this on the internet. She's like, "We need to find out where the fuck this is, and so I could stop it." Um, she gets in touch with with Shadow Cat, who's like, "Hey, that kid's powers showed up while he was on." the island so he popped up on cerebro we're trying to narrow down which one it is but it's like six different locations basically it could be so she's like i can work with that basically when are the x-men gonna come help and she's like yeah we got other shit going on black widow's like, eh. <laughs> like you know like like the humans do to the mutants because they don't understand the mutants have some shit going down um afterwards they climb a giant mountain they go inside there's a rest station everybody rests she ends up fucking the fuck boy And (laughs) um, Arcade reveals that in this rest place, he says there are um, still 61 contestants in the competition, but 64 people in there. Three of them are actually ruthless assassins I hired to put in the mix with you all. Three of them right there in front of you, ready to thin the herd when opportunity presents itself, and then he shuts all the lights off. And that's where the issue ends. So... (coughs) It's great because you're like, "Well, is it one of the characters we know? Is it the fuck boy?" Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, is it the mysterious chick who has seen some shit? You know like and the best part is this main this character, this new quote main character, she could die in any minute and we could switch characters. That's one of the coolest things about this book, because yes, there isn't really a main character, <laughs> like so arcade's the main character. <laughs> right, yeah <laughs> interesting stuff. so next up, and I'll be very brief. Doctor Strange Fall Sunrise, number oh. two. Well,
1: I mean I got that one.
0: Well, I know you did. But I'm saying I'm gonna be very brief because I'm gonna pass it to you. <laughs> Written and drawn by Trad Moore. Um <laughs> special guest art by Jensen Eckwell, colored by Heather Moore and letter by Clayton Cowles and Trad Moore. Um obviously we talked about it last issue. And I did point out that he looks a lot like my co host uh in this in this series. <laughs> so um <laughs> It's insanity. It's again it, it harkens back to the psychedelic ass Doctor Strange era. Yeah. Which is really, really cool. But it's also done in that Trad Moore style that's <laughs> a little bit more different than that other style. So um it's dense. Mm-hmm. It's the, only, the only criticism I might have of this book is if you are not in the mood to read this, you are not reading this book. You're yeah. not gonna get through it. <laughs> um, but it's cool as hell. I really enjoy it. And just visually, it's absolutely stunning. There are certain books when they happen that we know, we think of our friends. And I know we both thought of Steven. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah. Um, I'm enjoying it, but I want to hear what Hosway thinks. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, at least for this particular issue, and I'm I'm sure it'll be, like, on purpose, like, with uh, collecting it all together as as a trade way, because, yeah, it's, it's almost like, it's just stacked on, like the words are just stacked on on some some parts are just passages, almost like like we're we're talking like scriptures here. It's it's like it'll be on purpose, but oh my god, like the way it adds to where we are, where where Stephen where Stephen Strange is at, it's just it's fucking bonkers. It's just like to get like to make it to like the the chapter five page, like the the spread, and you're just like analyzing it, like, wait, like it took it took my brain a second to really grasp. How the world was like, where I like, I kept having, like I kept having to focus further and further back, and like seeing the scope of how small we really are, to just how fucking big these deities are, and then, <laughs> and then to, and then, and then like as, as you're going through it, he's Stephen is like going battling these, uh, is battling a, a two front war, either yeah, to deliver this like catacly- cataclysmic baby, and then still be at this other in this other point in time, uh, trying to survive, um it's just awesome and and like you said like it's not you're not going to be into this if you're not if you're not in the mood for reading just give it a second but it's just it's so worth it when you get to the other spread and you get to see this in motion is it's fucking insane and then (laughs) excuse me down to like the, the the cliffhanger a fucking a classic i loved the visual of this of like the hand going over uh the sky and like and having this like uh uh, like stigmata type of a hole and then perfectly aligning with like the the red sun and like casting down this like beautiful like Hidekiano like beam of destruction it's so it's it's fucking awesome it's insane where this book is gonna go and even though again like and this this issue alone could have been like almost like it was its own book but i can't wait to see how the fuck it all plays out It's, it's 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 insane
0: yeah, insane is a good word.
1: <laughs> like, Yeah.
0: All right, next up, Midnight Suns, number four. The penultimate issue. Yeah. Written by Ethan Sachs, art by Luigi Zagari, a color by Antonio Fabel, and letter by Joe Sabino. Um, it's really cool. It's featuring a lot of characters I really enjoy. There's a great fight scene where they find a giant stone golem. There's a lot going on in this issue that I really like. Um, uh, I like the new costumes that Tony Stark... Supreme Source, Sorcerer Supreme made for them. I thought that was <laughs> yeah. really cool. And I love the portrayal of magic. She's just really, really good in this being a badass and being the leader, you know what I mean? I really mm-hmm. think that's cool. So um my only bone to pick with this is the same bone I had to pick in the last issue, which is I don't want to see Niko Minoru worthless. Right. I don't I don't want to watch her be bad at this. Mm-hmm. As a big Runaways fan, I, I get it's an arc. I truly hope we're building to something. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it's just happening and it's going to be like that, I won't like it. I'll just be honest with you. No, true. You're because right. Because she's a character I actually give a shit about.
1: And and we've had this arc with her before already, too. Like, where she yeah. struggled with magic. And it's like, she's supposed to be a tutor. Like, Steven, Steven like... Strange wouldn't pick her as a as a as a mentor for for the academy for no reason if she wasn't like good at it just because she's like another magic character like yeah like I, I'm in the same boat yeah um but other than that I
0: really like it uh, I love Kushala being in a book yes. always good to see Kushala um again magic I mentioned is great I could do without Wolverine <laughs> it's so odd that he's there yeah I mean it's fine but it definitely feels like no one's going to buy this if we don't put Wolverine in it. Mm-hmm. There's two X-Men in the fucking book. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, it feels really blatant when you put two from the same team. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. It's like, oh shit, we need a headliner, Wolverine. What's he got to do with magic? Don't ask. Just fucking put Wolverine on there. But uh, I, re- I really enjoy it. Um, Obviously, it's tied into the game that got released. I saw your tweet about it recently. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about picking it up, maybe. We'll see. I have a lot of games to play, mm-hmm. so. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I think it's really cool. I'm very curious to see where it goes. Also, we get a really cool twist at the end of who the actual bad guy is, which I thought was really well done. So, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, um, same thing. I, I I am enjoying this arc. It's, it's all um, I, I do like the action into it. Um, the the players the, that are are, brought, are brought, uh, that are being put in the fold minus Wolverine. Like I I really do agree with that. And yeah, I could come on like for the next for the next uh, issue being the finale. Nico needs a big play. Um, J- just uh just uh, i can actually like this book a little bit more um and yeah and the and the twist for, um harking it back to for for agatha it's just it'll be a really interesting how that will come into play especially guys like we got this like young agatha and it's like we'll see if they actually do the mcu thing here
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so all right next up thunderbolts 5 the finale uh written by jim zub pencils by shauna Zaxi and nitho diaz Inks by Sean Exoxy and Victor Nava, uh, color by Hava Tartali and letter by Joe Sabino. Uh, so, in the last issue, like a lot of the Thunderbolts were in like kind of a trance and they were having like visions of shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We find out what's going on is that it's nightmare. Okay. He's the bad guy and he's controlling them, and it's really great because it's it's a really good kind of arc to do. If you have this new team you want to introduce and you want to like give you an idea of what all their damages are so that you can address them. So it's literally this voice in their heads talking to them, telling them what's wrong with them. Um so like Power Man, they're like, you know, you're just selfish. You tell me selfish. Um uh tells Purple Woman you took on too, or persuasion, you took on too much and now you failed you know uh tells guts and glory glory which is just the best name uh did you really think you could escape your past and then of course the star of the book Egro, which igro the little monster dude right it says you're a monster (laughs) and he goes yes Egro is a monster even when he denies it (laughs) i love it so basically he's like it, it that's when they reveal it's Nightmare and it's like, I've been controlling you all along and then they see like older versions of themselves or like their close allies talking to them. Oh, okay. And telling them what's wrong with them some more. It's really cool. Um, Including, I really like the America one because it's like her entire family. Oh. Um, yeah. And America is kind of the key to this because this is everything Nightmare way back because basically the idea is he likes fucking with Clint is basically what he says. I just like fucking with Clint. Okay. And then he, and then he moved to the West coast and that's how I met you because you're in the West coast Avengers together. Mm. And he's like, and I, he found an America's powers and how she could travel from universe to universe. And he's like all these universes of people I can fuck with. Basically. He's like, <laughs> I need this girl so I can do this. And that's kind of what leads it to was her stopping him. And she does this great ass punch. Oh, nice. Upper cup straight to the jaw. Uh, breaks everybody free, and now they need to fight him. So, they're fighting him. They're all doing their things. They're doing a great time thing. There's something that's building since Egro has been introduced, which is Egro's ultimate attack, which he said, like, he keeps saying, I can use my ultimate attack, but the civilian casualties will be in the thousands and stuff like that. <laughs> they're like, well, then don't do it. Like and then they're fighting him and he's like Egro unleashes ultimate attack and Clint goes absolutely <laughs> and so Egro gets really big <laughs> oh shit and <laughs> I hate this Clint goes oh wait i just got the joke he grow <laughs> <laughs> and and then persuasion goes you can't be serious that is so fucking stupid <laughs> And then he just crushes Nightmare. And then Persuasion ends up winning the day. She puts him to sleep using her powers. And they just toss him in some kind of like fucking other place to put him in storage essentially. Uh, Egro's stuck in his large form. So he's just chilling. Uh, They're going to get some pen Particles to get him small again. And Luke is like, hey, good job. And Clint's like, oh, I thought you were going to fire me. He's like, what? No. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, "Just, just stop causing so much damage basically and it ends with clint pulling out his phone and calling mockingbird for real because that was the vision he was having was calling her oh and he calls her and he's like hey you want to grab a coffee and he goes sweet i'll be there and that's where it ends i thought that was a very sweet ending. so nice uh, so that's the mini it's over um i want more i'll just throw that out there in case anyone's listening mm-hmm. uh he does include that this team is out there in the marvel universe they will be operating out there if they don't have their own book oh gotcha. even if they don't on their own book Aces, keep your eyes peeled, especially for more Monica, because she has her own issue. So they might pop up in her book, too. So, Oh, cool. Good stuff. I really like that run. I want more Thunderbolts. I love Thunderbolts. They're fun. So, Next up, Shang-Chi and the Tin Rings. Oof. Number six. Written by Gene Louis Yang, art by Marcus Toe, colored by Eric Arsenega, and letter by Travis Landham. Did you cheer out loud during this book like I did? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> so... So it comes down to the final three and Shang-Chi is trying to win the, you know, the 10 rings and um, (laughs) it's really great. So the only people left are uh, Shang-Chi and uh, what's it called? Red what? Um, Red cannon. Red cannon. Yes. Thank you. And, um, and then his buddy slash constant person that he feuds with, like yeah yeah but like he's like his friend but he's also his rival like they have like this friendly rivalry but it's also not friendly in the way like it's hard to zuko he's zuko basically is what he is so like zuko never really liked dang he just helped him (laughs) you know what i mean like so yeah although zuko did no we're not going to get into an avatar conversation so (laughs) it's really great and shen's like just about to take him out when red cannon shows up and takes shen out and i'm like what He's like, you killed him. There's only two of us left. And he's just like, you're going to pay for what you did. And Red Cannon gives him the rings. And I'm like, what's happening? What the <laughs> fuck is happening? Red Cannon takes his helmet off. And me and Josue, simultaneously, even though we're states apart, cheered aloud as, we re- as it reveals, sister motherfucking hammer. Yes. Was Red Cannon the entire time. Blowing
1: through every other competition. Literally just killing everybody. And she's like, you're the
0: only one who can use the rings. No one else should have these. And I'm like, wow, she's grown a lot. And I really like that. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, okay, so I, I want you and your, your organization to be a good organization. I want you to be a criminal organization. So I'll handle the crime. And he's like, "Um, it's not really how it works. <laughs> like, and they kind of have a disagreement about that. But yeah, long story short, he wins the tournament. He's the master of the rings. Everything seems to be hunky dory and he is gonna be a hero, a full on hero again. Um which leads us to the announcement at the end. Next month we're getting Master of the Ten Rings number one, which quote Jin Luin Yang's Shang-Chi saga comes to its shocking conclusion.
1: Oh man. I know. He's been so good on this book. He's been so good on Shang-Chi. So great.
0: Yeah. But I really enjoyed the issue. I loved it was a tournament arc. We've talked about it. We love tournament arcs and, and manga and anime, so really cool. I the because we because they set up that the family's not here. I didn't even think about one of them showing up in this tournament. So that was what made it such a great surprise, right? Um,
1: and yeah, just really cool. I really liked it. What do you think? Um, you yeah, know, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I also just wanna just wanna highlight how Sister Hammers um, also like maybe Shen and Shang Chi also might have had a uh, history, because, like, Shang, I know all about you and Shang-Kui. I know the two of you have been friendly in the past, and that, that emphasis, that bold, friendly, but he'll always be your rival, and it's like, oh, they, they, these two, like, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was, like, a, was a, was a, ma- is a master spy. <laughs> he slept around for sure.
0: No, uh, totally, 100%. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: but, no, he- hella fun. Um, it, it was a nice touch at the end, like, actually getting to talk to, like, the Jade Emperor, and then having, like, that, like, blessing of, like, yeah, no, like, you are like the right person for like the ten rings. So we'll see how he does uh uh mastering them for the conclusion. This sucks. I read really like Jean Luan Yang. Yeah, me too.
0: <sighs> we'll see. You know who could take a shot at this? Mm. Porn, porn sock?
1: Oh, oh that would be oh man. The tone yeah. of that book would be so fucking great. Yep. Just throwing that out there. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Captain America
0: sent uh no symbol of truth. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> Uh, I got that variant, obviously. Uh, written by Tochi Onobuchi, art by Iguaro, Iguara, colored by Jesus Abartoff and letter by Carb Magna. I'm not going to linger on this very long at all. Um, essentially, Sam and Nomad are able to get into a safe house in, in this other country they're in. They find out what's going on. They find out White Wolf is the bad guy. Um, meanwhile, Joaquin is struggling with this transformation. He's taken in by his family. There's not a, a lot to talk about in this one. 'Cause it is a, it's kind of like just the next progression in the story. It got us to the next spot. So I'm not gonna really go over it too much. It's been a really good run. I'm I'm really enjoying it. There's just not a lot to critique here. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, um same it's just like kind of moving it forward. I, I do like the I do like the the part where Nomad um says that like back in uh Dimension Z that uh Cab's bedtime stories were Greek uh, tales yeah which is which right, how, how, right. how they go by all, all the different plans it's, 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 i actually thought uh was really cute he, even even sam was like uh steven bedtime stories i can't tell if you're joking or not. i was like yeah sounds nice though doesn't it
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right next up is moon knight Oof. 18 dude great fucking cover it's a great it's i good. love his face we almost made it a week without me saying Peach Momoko cover. <laughs> um, written by Jed McKay. Art by Federico Sabatini. Colored by Rochelle Rosenberg and lettered by Corey Petit. This is the showdown. Moon Knight and Tigra against the the vampires. Which is great because I say it like that because the tutor goes on that rant. He goes, nothing. Moon Knight and Tigra. Like, and Tigra. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, she's there. But basically he's like, yo, there's a bunch of vampires. They're going to kill you. We had a really cool moment with Reese and Soldier. Yes. That I really enjoyed getting into a soldier a little bit more and kind of like what happens to a lot of young men in our country, not to get political, but how they're just pointed in a direction and become mm-hmm. a tool for somebody else. I got to just, I have to point out that Mr. Knight is the most baller character in all of comics. because <laughs> he, He's just so goddamn dramatic. Because he has a he has it timed for an umbrella to fall through <laughs> <laughs> to fall through the fucking skylight. Why? It's not necessary. That's the worst part. He didn't need to do that. <laughs> like because what happens is soldier activates the sprinkler system. All this water is dumping on these vampires. And they're like, oh, you're just gonna annoy us, you're gonna make us wet. And he's like, and he's a, some superheroes. You're not, you're not listening. They never listen. I'm not a superhero. I'm a priest. <laughs> and then he just blesses the water. Now, <laughs> now, I think. Well, first of all, let's talk about the blessing. And I consecrate this water to the surface of konshu That miserable old bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so he turns it to holy water. And the thing is, is he stops using the umbrella. Yeah. So it was pointless. <laughs> It was just a cool moment. Which don't get me
1: wrong, it was fucking cool. <laughs> it's and like community, he, the community, the the foosball part is like, yes. It's like, did you just bring that the, the 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 soccer ball for a bit? It's like a fifteen dollar bit It's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Um, and also, of course, because we're wrapping up the arc and we got to do it in the best way possible. Moon Knight, brother, give me your silver and take your vengeance. <laughs> And Hunter's Moon is like, you motherfuckers kill me. <laughs> like And so they just fucking wreck all of these vampires. And it was it was fucking great. I loved it. It was really good. And then that kind of wraps up the whole vampire story, which I think is really well done. Um I really hope he dries off before he gives Reese a hug or anything. Uh, so, oh. <laughs> um, but then we get a tease at the end of the return of Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because Zodiac was a really good
1: villain in the oh, that yeah. first arc. So, I I love this book. It's one of the best. That's I mean, there's not a lot to say. What do you think? It's just it's, it's so fucking fun. The page, the page with the umbrella falling, like her tail Spirit. covering over them. Like, ah, oh, I love them together. But not even like romantic. They're just so fucking cool together. I love how Tiger just like go not not even goes along with this bullshit. Just like, but she's just such a good partner for him. Even though where we started it's like she was like a spy, but it's like i like that she's like stayed on to actually help out um the whole soldier part i really liked it because i was like he's going on and it's like I, I didn't want him to turn i really didn't want him to turn and be like oh, and betrayal and it's like i like they had a message to go with it it was really fucking good because it's like at least like the acknowledgement that someone actually gives a shit about him like finally it's like it's, it was really good and then finally fucking tigra also like being part of the fucking fight and her like um showing with like the the silver claw caps was well, like oh i forgot to mention that what so a badass bad <laughs> 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 oh and, and then in the end like, when, when she went because she's one that gets like oh mark this was clean he's human <laughs> and when they throw him in the jail so like fucking mark is just still talking shit you punk ass renfield working for the vampires <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: great stuff good stuff yeah next up <clears throat> strange academy finals
1: number three I got the trading card cover. Oh, I didn't know she was a trading card cover. That's awesome. Yeah, I want so yeah. to look out for that. That's awesome. Yeah. Written
0: by Scotty Young, art by Humberto Ramos, colored by Edgar Delgado, and letter by Clayton Cowles. I just have to point this out. Strange Academy has this ability to tell a very serious story while we're doing a really ridiculous thing. And no comic does it as well as Strange Academy. Yeah. And I don't think one ever will. like <laughs> Because literally... Three of their people are in the dark dimension and are being corrupted by evil. And also, they're dealing with the fact that the city doesn't really want them right now because they're causing a lot of destruction. And also, spoiler alert, later on there's going to be an invasion of a creature from another universe. (laughs) But we're just doing a carnival to raise money the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny and amazing. Because it's like an episode of Degrassi <laughs> mixed with an episode of Constantine. And I don't know how to feel about that. Like, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I know exactly how to feel about it. Um, so, we get to see Calvin back. And it warmed my heart. Yeah. Everything with Calvin was amazing. Um, him doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, we also get to see a very brief shot of the three still traders, Emily, Eric, and Desi. Oh. They look a lot older, don't they?
1: I mean, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it hasn't been that long, but time is definitely wearing on them. It's a, it's a rough life out there in the dark the, dimension. I was going to
0: say, does time pass differently there? Hmm. Um. So the funny thing is, is me and Josue, and I tweeted this to him when he said it on Twitter, had the exact same train of thought during this book. <laughs> Which is when Dog Boy showed back up and we were both like what's his
1: fucking name? <laughs> Why don't you just tell us his fucking name? And then the, the rest of the book proceeds to blame it on this character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we do get a name. What was it? Howie.
0: Howie. Thank you. It's yeah.
1: perfect. <laughs> it's
0: it's just a perfect name. It's, it's great. Because they can call him Howley. Like there's all kinds of shit you can do with that. And and i love him already um but yeah he summons of all things shumagara <laughs> i told Herman i wasn't a good cook <laughs> and the best part is none of this happens on screen there's one shot of the fight because we're too busy dealing with the fundraiser which is amazing no other book could pull that shit off um so the still evil kids leave uh, after trying to tempt Calvin with his old coat, and they go back, and it's revealed that they are directly being—they're directly working with Dormammu. Yes. So I'm hoping that she is being controlled by the darkness, you know, from Do- from Doyle.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's still she's still rocking the 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 arm, the the Doyle
0: arm. So, so I'm hoping that that's like. I'm hoping there's an end to this where she's a good guy.
1: And Desi, too. I really, really like Desi a lot. <laughs> and I love her yeah. form right now, but I know it's like hella dark side. And we all know
0: Eric just wants to bang her, bang Emily. That's sort of already yeah. there. I mean, yeah. So. Um, and then, of course, we get the traditional Strange Academy info page, <laughs> which is about the student fair, uh, live music, food and games with sub subscripts. Strange Academy is not responsible for any injuries sustained during charmed dancing. Strange Academy is not responsible for any health issues that may arise from eating food from another dimension. (laughs) Strange Academy is not responsible for any side effects of enchanted prizes. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. I love this book. Long may it rain.
1: Yeah, oh, absolutely. I want to highlight when the when they're going through the fundraiser they're like the carnival and just Toth being a little carny and just like looking miserable, offering his spikes for the bullet. Yes. <laughs> also, I had like uh my whiplash for the week was was reading this one or was reading Midnight Suns into this one back to back uh we see Zoe and Nico just be miserable in that book and then just Nico and Zoe just having a solid time in this one. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. Yeah. It's like they have pro
1: or it's like they have plans for Zoe. She's a little bit of everywhere, right? I now. really it's hope really so. She's awesome. And her and her Henshin, like her fucking like, like uh face makeup is so badass.
0: Yeah. Next up. Spider-Man or spider men double trouble, Peter Parker, Miles Morales. Did you catch up on this? No. Okay, you should. Written by Mariko Tamaki and Vita Ayala, yeah. art by Guri hero and letter by Corey Petit. Um Long story, I love this weird world that Double Trouble takes place in because things don't have to make sense is the best part about it. So Miles Morales and Peter were in Peter's warehouse of all this stuff that the bad guys, you know, that he confiscated from bad guys. He actually makes a comment later on, like, maybe I shouldn't keep this all in one place. basically. (laughs) Like, so um, he fell into a cup, which Mysterio has. And you find out this cup is, is into goes to another dimension. He doesn't know Miles is in it. Mysterio goes to Villain Con, <laughs> okay. which has a bunch of little kids dressed as villains. By the way, oh my god! <laughs> and you find out he's a keynote speaker. He's gonna give it. He has a panel. He goes to give a panel. He's like, hey, check out this thing, you know that I created. That you know, it's like a portable little. Like universe, and he opens it up, and Miles Morales falls out in Villain Con, surrounded by villains, and he's like, "Shit!" And he cut to Peter. Remember, Venom's his his roommate, and uh, he's like, "Why is Venom tagging me on Flipstergram?" And it, it, he tagged him in a picture of Miles there, being like, "Spidey kick crashes con." <laughs> like, <No. so. laughs> He's like, I'm not the sidekick, and basically, it's Miles running from every S- Spider-Man villain at once. It's really great. Spidey kick. It's <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> and so he's trying. He's he's trying to you know survive this whole thing, and then Peter's like, "Oh, I'm going to come help you." And then he sees a girl with a broken down car- broken down a bike, and he's like, "Wait, I got to help this chick first. And Miles is like, "I'm fighting all of your villains." <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm, "I'm helping people," so he helps this girl fix her bike. She's like, thank you so much. And then she puts on her helmet and it's a Mysterio bulb. And then (laughs) she captures him to take to Mysterio, her hero. God damn it. She's taking him to villain con anyways. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I really like this book. It's so much fun. (laughs) Anyways, next up. Next eight-legged book, Deadly Neighborhood Spider-Man number three. Written by Taboo and B. Earl, art by Juan Ferreira, lettered by Travis Lanham. I won't be too much into this one because it is an issue three and it's really cool and it's really about the imagery. So I can't really mm. describe it very well to people. I guess I'm going to show some a few cool moments. But yeah, it's d- diving more into this Demon Bear storyline and it's still got this just amazing Spider-Man design. Oh, that, that I is a dope design. Love. Yeah, the eyes and everything it's just so cool um and there's some really great stuff like he has this thing stuck to his chest at the beginning that uh it's like a scarab and you can kind of see like the symbols and stuff like it's on his chest yeah and then later it's just gone and he doesn't know why and you see shit like this like this apocalyptic city and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's really really cool like i really enjoy this and it, there's a lot of really awesome mysticism involved. It's, it's hard to jump into. It's hard to explain without explaining everything, and I shouldn't explain it every time. Um, yeah, yeah. everybody should just pick it up. It's really cool. If you want like a creepy Spider-Man story, this is the shit. Yeah. So, and next up, Amazing
1: Spider-Man 16. Woo! Dark Inferno Two time. Yeah, I got the variant. Oh, nice. I considered it. I just like the, the these. Uh, not connecting, but like these like same palette ones are really cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, written by Zeb Wells, penciled by Ed McGinnis, inked by Cliff Rathburn, colored by Marcio Maniz, and letter by Car Magna. So this is after Peter and Venom fought, and now Chasm and Peter are fighting. And we're setting up the next issue, so I won't talk about that plot, because we'll talk about it in the next issue uh, that we're going to talk about. But yeah, basically, they fight, and we find out that Ben actually has new powers, different powers. Oh And it makes it very interesting and um guess what (laughs) someone else gets dragged to limbo (laughs) So literally the entire cast is getting dragged to limbo in this crossover i really like it peter gets dragged to limbo uh and we have this really cool like there's a thing that inferno and limbo do where it's creepy but it's kind of funny they kind of do that at the end of this where it's like a demonic version of uh j jonah jameson's press room which i thought was (laughs) funny so uh, but yeah um kind of setting this up it's our first of three books from dark web
1: so obviously we're gonna talk about it a bit more but what do you think about this one um I, I really like the the imagery between uh chasm and spidey like doing the like the mask on the mask
2: oh
3: yeah'
1: Just like the the, the duality between like the obviously, like, the like the, the similar uh suits um uh, but yeah no I mean, it's just like the one out of three for for dark web right now but good good solid stuff and yeah his power is like and made me think of like when carnage just uses like extra symbiote for like a fucked up weapon but like using his like spidey senses like like to like animate them like that that was weird as hell but really interesting also
0: i really like how twisted ben's thought process is now oh yeah he, he basically explained what happened when peter took his memories from his perspective Mm -hmm. and peter's like that's not what fucking happened he's like that's what i remember i don't care that's how i
1: remember yeah
0: (laughs) i'm like oh god it's like arguing with a right-wing idiot uh so (laughs)
1: next up dark web part two for the week venom 14 bro (laughs) let me see a cover let me see a cover because i had to get the variant and i didn't yeah i want that one instead (laughs) oh yours is oh you got the extreme one i had to get the extreme one which is it's okay. It's it's Venom g- charging in with the bazooka and the RPG and like a rifle on his back and he's got a revolver, some grenades like strapped on his on his thigh, but that is that, that's not the part that gets me. What, what gets me is uh we know how his how his webs work. They come out of like the on the top side of his hand, like we've seen it before. Why is he charging in with the fucking web shooter on the other hand? <laughs> that's the <laughs> oh, a- maybe, maybe that's uh the
0: um, Black Widow stinger. There you go.
1: It's, it's not, I'll give you that, but it's not because it's like <laughs> an extra bit where it's like, it's the, it's the flip part. <laughs> yeah, but deal with it.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, written by Al Ewing, penciled by Brian Hitch, inked by Andrew Curry, colored by Alex Sinclair, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. So we cut to Venom, and we find out kind of more about how Maddie set up Venom, mm-hmm. how she erased his memory, turned him into brain-eating Venom. She sends, um, she sends Venom to the X-Men treehouse because she can't attack it directly because she wants one of their cerebro helmets and basically sends him in to make a mess while hollows Eve actually gets what she needs uh, venom attacks. And who is there, but our boy Everett <laughs> who's like sup bitch. Basically. <laughs> so um, of all the people you want to fight, it's not Everett because he can basically do anything and they have a really big fight and he finds out that he can copy a symbiote, which Everett is getting more and more powerful every day. Yes. Uh, so, he's he's being a badass. What do you call himself? A cinch, A cinch biote? a Cinchbiote. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he basically is like, "Yo, X Men, we we have a visitor." Hollowzve gets what she needs. She does her job, and we find out more about what we suspected her powers were, which is where she puts on a different mask and basically has a different power. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was cool. I, that's a really cool idea. So very Majora's mask. Um, and then Venom in shame after losing. I thought this was a really cool touch. We get to see Venom transform, and now we know when Eddie becomes the other King in Black,
1: the the actual Bedlam.
0: Yes, this is the Bedlam time, and then he runs into Dylan <laughs> in Venom form. So, yeah, this is going to be interesting. I think it's cool. We're we're I do like we're not lingering too much on these king and black like forms too much. Mm-hmm. We're getting to them because if this took like ten years and we forgot about it by the end of it before he becomes the last one, we'd be <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh yeah, you know." I do like we're getting to it pretty
1: quickly, and I like them using dark web as a platform to do that. So, right. really cool. I liked it. What do you think? Um, no, it's, it's definitely interesting getting it from from Venom's side because it's like, especially with like the whole uh, uh, sync aspect, where it's like Madeline reverted. Just reverted his personality back um, to to brain eating venom, but not but not his powers. Like I like it was crazy awesome that uh, that sync was like caught on. That's like oh, I can use the the the, the king of black, the the god of the symbiotes powers by like almost like like explaining it to venom like back to venom. It's like wait, you can control other symbiotes whenever, from wherever, whenever, and that's literally what he uses to like to to almost like to to break his mind back back to to normal. But yeah, now he has now he has got to fight um Dylan. But yeah, it's like just like, he's just oh this thing is just so fucking awesome. <laughs> Being the yeah. b- the best X-Men in, in the fucking crew. I'm convinced the entire run of
0: X-Men since the beginning of Krakoa was made to make Everett a big deal. Oh that yeah, that'd be awesome. That's the whole purpose of all this, I think, is to make Everett an A lister, which is really cool. So I'm here for that. <laughs> and then our final Dark Web. Dark Web X-Men 2. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Um, so written by Gary Dugan art by Rod Reese and Phil Noto letter by Corey Petit so we kind of dive into the Maddie and Madeline Pryor part of this and what she, you know the aftermath of why she stole the Cerebro helmet which we find out is basically to get memories that you know <laughs> I want to remember holding my son and shit like that um, it doesn't work because it's just like hard data it doesn't have the emotion so since she has Ileana and Jean Grey She's like, I'm going to go in their heads. And a lot of this is an extended like journey into their heads to try to convince them to help them. Uh, and yes, we'll get to the other part of this in a moment. But I'm saving it. Uh, but basically, long story short, it doesn't work out. And now we're going to have like a literal catfight between Maddie and Gene, which is going to be amazing. I hope they just roll around slapping each other for a whole issue. <laughs> um, really cool. I really like that. Now, let's talk about the Summers Brothers. Because... <laughs> Because this book has been ridiculous at certain times, and this is one of them. The Summers Brothers, first of all, Havoc is frozen in place, still wearing his little skimpy dress, which is amazing. And Cyclops, after attempting to break out off screen, has has had a halo of puppies attached to his head. So if he opens his eyes, he will blast a bunch of puppies. And Cyclops is too good of a guy to kill some puppies to get out of here, which I think is amazing. One of the puppies gets out and starts crawling towards this visor, and he's like, is he getting the visor, Alex? Is he getting it? And he falls asleep, which is amazing. Just the dichotomy of this crossover where it's just like this serious shit going down, and then the Summers brothers just not liking each other, basically. Like, um, The big development here is that Alex is basically like, I don't want to be an X-Men. I didn't yeah. ask to be an X Men. Forge put me in as a joke, basically. Like, and he's like, he basically says, "I'm going to quit." So I think that's really interesting, and Ma- it seems to actually affect Maddie, like mm-hmm. emotionally. And I think that's the coolest moment of these three issues that we got this week for Dark Web, is someone getting through to her, and it's Alex because we even follow that Tellions, where he's just like, "We need to bring Maddie back," and no <laughs> one wants to bring her back but him. And he was there constantly being like, we need to bring her back. It's right to bring her back. And yeah, now he's like, I did, I brought you back. And now you should, you know, I want you to be happy and I want to be with you. And, you know, maybe she'll get over her, hang up with Scott. You know what I mean? Like, maybe she'll be like, Scott's a piece of shit anyways. Alex
1: is better. Like, you know, I hope that's what what we end up coming down to. What do mm-hmm. you think? Um, definitely. I mean, I've been, I've been waiting for this part to, to, to happen. It's just like, there there's just even though it is kind of a of a bad thing that she's doing around the city, it's not exactly like a full on like bad thing that she's doing. I mean, like if, I, maybe she would have talked about it with someone else, like maybe like with Jean, we wouldn't have to go through Inferno too. But um, going back to 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 Venom, when she sends that uh, right before she sends her, uh, oh, as she's sending Hollows Eve into the treehouse. That's when she says, um, that, "That's when that's when I, I she got my attention." Then it was, uh, "Come back soon, dear. Bring me what I need." please and it's like a panel where it's like she doesn't look mean she looks like almost like some sort yeah. of like desperation for for, for the um, the cerebral part uh thing and now in this one it's kind of like and then we get the opening where it's like her her dreams are fucking nightmares of the things she can't have and that's fucked up it's like you can't falter completely for that um it's just like chasm yeah yeah exactly but because why they're working together yeah it's yeah really cool um but yeah, and so so and and god damn it, the, the Alex thing kinda pissed me off because it's like uh it's like so cool. Like like I'm willing to accept uh Firestar on the team. But again, we're there's a slot here that could have gone to any of the other fucking contestants that that we would have wanted.
0: <laughs> Remember cause when we reviewed that issue we were like the last time was like, okay, these people were chosen, and why? Mm-hmm. And then this group
1: was like, oh, would it be funny if we made Alex be an X Man? And I'm yeah. like, you know, he doesn't even want it <laughs> anyway. Um, so cool. So, so I've been waiting for the explanation of like, like Matt, like why Madeline is making this like big ass move, and it's like at least like there's some point to it that isn't just like because I want to be a bad guy again. But yeah, like, like we'll, we'll see where it goes because it's, it's so far it's it's, it's getting better yeah definitely <laughs> all
0: right next up we're gonna swing over to Krakoa now let's talk about extreme x-men number two very briefly um written by chris claremont and drawn by salvador la roca colored by Guru effects and lettered by clayton cowles i'm not going to get too much into it it's the continuing the story of Ogun, and i can't explain Ogun over again because <laughs> it's exhausting um it's cool there's a lot of great action that's what extreme x-men was really known for i'm still upset that the characters i like aren't there there we go <laughs> so um more sage please but yeah uh n- next up let's see here new mutants mm-hmm. number 33 Damn. yeah um written by charlie jane anders art by Alberto Albuquerque, of rostein and ted brent colors by carlos lopez and Tim villain Letters by Travis Lanham. Um This is interesting the way they framed this issue. Cause they put the end of an era. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting the way the word that. Um because we just had the end of the era with Vita. Yeah. Which is like three issues ago. So um but yeah, we're we're telling this story of Escapade and the you know, the idea that Escapade thought, you know, they were gonna be the reason that their friend died and all this stuff. And basically, trying their best to prevent that. Um, I thought it was a really cool, well-told story, and obviously, it's using a lot of really under-underused characters. I thought that was really great. Um, I love how much Wolf Spain is like mid-transformation and in different forms from panel to panel. I thought that was really cool. Um, that was one of my favorite things, like ticks about this. Um, and we find like an ominous thing revealing that she's uh she's being prepared or, yeah being prepared for what's to come is the whole thing and like destiny and emma frost have a plan is the whole thing <laughs> um interesting we'll see what that what that's going to come to um but yeah i i really like it i love the the peanut style like oh, little side flashbacks. comics
1: yeah yeah they're fun i really like those so yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, what do you think? I mean, I've, I've been really liking like Escapade and like all these all these new kids or like where this arc was um, has been taking off from, which is like it was just so weird. It's like it was weird that they didn't already number it, renumber it, or gave us a new number one after Vita left because like that's kind of what is, is literally happening here. Just three issues later, and then we'll be seeing them again. You sleep at least Legend Number One. In a couple of months, but it was just like. Which sounds like a mini to me. It does sound like a mini. It really, it that's not a does. name you give an ongoing. No, absolutely not. But I mean, but I'm excited because like we do get to see a little preview page with like we do get to see Escapade, um, Martha, and Rain, but then we actually get to see Danny and um and Karma uh, back in the fold. So that, that's actually And nice. also Shadow King. Yeah, we'll see him. But yeah, we'll see what we'll, 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 he. How they how they'll bring them into, into, into play, but but this uh, but in this issue, escapade has just been such a such a new favorite for 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 me, especially because like how her power how their powers work, um, where it can be very beneficial, like the, the the swap, and like it was cool like how like the how the swap was sticking, and then um, the other kid and Martha were like doing uh the the mutant circuit, and like and they were like <laughs> sending everybody away, but then like it fritzes and she switches back, and it's almost like oh fuck, I forgot. It's almost like you forget to do like a like a like a uh, a save right before, so you know where where you have to be again. And it's cool. It's cool how it, how it can backfire. But then I like the second time where it backfires, where like she's like by herself, but then she like she instantly switches to one of the henchmen and she gets a hold of the gun, and and, and the guy gets gets jumped instead. I like how she can. I, I like how it can work. But it's like she's got to play it smart, and I re I really like that. Yeah, definitely.
0: It's an interesting character with a really cool power set mm-hmm. that could.
1: Really, be a game changer in the mutant world in the long run, and then and then it's all because of, and it's all because of this of her learning like because of this adventure, and then her learning her powers better. It's what got her to see. it was is what ended up inevitably got to change the future and end up saving her like her friend because it sucked that like I gasped when I found out it's like oh she's the one falling, but in the moment of desperation and like and fear she and she thinks of her friend so she blips with her friend and that's and that's what was gonna cause his death but her and her learning her her, her being controlled is like she swaps back but then they save her which which is nice but that would have been the scary yeah. part if she didn't have that control and just swapped with them because of her fear oh that would have been so tragic
0: yeah is is really really good yeah it was it's awesome like, I, I really like it so yeah all right that brings us to our final book of the evening. Yes. I mean, how am I not going to say this? Book for life? <laughs> if any of you know me at all. Uh, Exterminators 4. Yes. So. Uh, okay. Let's just do the creative team before we jump in. Uh, so this is going to be written by Leah Williams. Drawn by Carlos Gomez. Colored by Brian Valenza. And lettered by Travis Lanham. Now, I was very quickly trying to find. And I think I found it. She... <laughs> Leah Williams shared a, sc- a screenshot on Instagram. I don't know if you saw this, but th- she got an alert on her phone so you can see it's just like an alert and okay. it's a group chat and it's from Jordan White. Okay. Jordan White is the senior editor at Marvel. Okay. And it's to you and Lauren Amaro, who is the associate editor in charge of the uh, the book as well. Right. <laughs> and it just says in all caps, the P page is approved. <laughs> So that's what I knew about this issue before it came out. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, also, if you look at the info page right here, the quote above the X, Mm -hmm. this is your favorite book now, isn't it? Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So for those who need a reminder and haven't been paying attention, this is the book about Dazzler, Jubilee, Boom Boom, and Wolverine just being fucking reckless, dangerous women taking out dudes who've wronged them and i love it um obviously the main thing is like dazzler's ex turns out he's a vampire he's an asshole he sells them into slavery to the collector but also he's kind of their owner technically and they all have to put on costumes so that explains why there are weird costumes in the flash forwards we've been seeing yes um and it's really really great the p page (laughs) is the second page of the comic basically where it's like, you like, where, like, he comes in to be all like, "Aha, I got you, bitches," and then I'm just gonna read it all because fuck it. Laura says, "You like watching pe- people piss, huh?" And he goes, "What?" Why? She's like, "You like pee? You're into it." He's like, "No, that's not true at all." Then why can't we use the clothing racks to do our business in private? It's a security concern. And it's an excuse for a poorly disguised fetish. And then, boom, boom. and Jubilee take it to another level. Where boom <laughs> says, Oh little piss boy." And then Jubilee says, piss baby, pee pee boy, <laughs> little baby loves pee. <laughs> you, you're you horrible. <laughs> to which Tazer says, you kidnapped us. So um, this is amazing. I love this book. I want this to go for 600 issues. Seriously. <laughs> I should not be reading Action Comics 1050 this week. I should be reading Exterminators 1050. Absolutely. Be 1050. Um, Laura has to put on a costume because she hasn't worn, she hasn't washed her suit in a week. Um, they manage to escape and they get dropped straight into a baseball game on Krakoa. Um, (laughs) my favorite part of this one. And if they, if she does get another arc for this book, my only request is that Emma be, is involved (laughs) and Emma is with them, but above everything they're doing the entire time. Yes. (laughs) So, um, They're watching the baseball game, and Emma's in the background says, "That's one of the the cuckoos. Who's winning? Never mind. I don't care." (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Yes." And they drop in, and you know, they're all on their. Oh, they also save all these other women that have been kidnapped. Emma, with another line, "Darling, I'll forgive the unnecessary grand entrance, but a cheerleading costume for a pickup game—you embarrass me." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention they escape by blowing up the toilet. Um, which is amazing. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> Basically so they're they're talking it goes back to the quiet council and they're like, "So that's what happened." And Dracula's like, "These bitches killed a bunch of vampires. I demand their heads." And then they're like, "Wait, these vampires are bad guys, right? They betrayed you. So technically you owe us money for taking them out." Which is a great <laughs> twist. And he's like, "Fuck." And they're like, "You don't know, keep your money." Basically from what I understand, the final issue of this is going to be
1: all the women he held captive just curb stomping this guy for a whole issue, and I'm here for that. Let's watch that. Which like, is the bonus? Like this was meant to be a four issue mini, and we now we have that extra issue of I'm, I'm hoping the same thing. Just, just curb stomping him and talking shit the whole time. <laughs> Literally, just like I'm fucking for all this fucked up kinks, like and shame him for those 2 I'm really worried
0: that we're going to go too far, though. <laughs> <laughs> The pee joke
1: has me worried. <laughs> I can't honestly, I can't believe that. That page, I was dying. What if, what if that wasn't the pee page?
0: <laughs> what if that is hinting to the pee page? <laughs> What's to come? Oh my god, I was kind of like, Are they gonna pee on him? Next? <laughs> I was like, yeah. But he'll like that, so um, because he's a pee boy, pee baby, piss baby, <laughs> so i love it it's so good dude like i want all the issues of this book forever
1: um yeah just every time leah does something with x-men it's the best it it is the best i don't understand why she's only had three books and like one of them was a one shot yeah no no it's trial magnet i was
0: was thinking of planet size oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah Yeah. like trial magnet was a mini Mm -hmm. x factor was canceled way too early wait for 15 And, and still too early yeah, and this is a mini. Give her something ongoing. Seriously, I, it I,
1: I don't get why not. Like She has such a great voice for the mutants, has had the great voice for her mutants. I don't get it either.
0: Yeah, give her Emma. <laughs> yes! I want Leah to write Emma. Badly, I want Leah to write Emma. <laughs> like, uh, so great. Anything else you want to add before we go on? Uh, no, it's just a good shit. I fucking love Exterminator so much. I know it, it, it was my last book and it ended the week perfectly. Nice. I was just smiling. Like I wasn't exhausted from reading comics. I'm like, fuck yeah. So anything else you've been reading?
1: Um, yes. I was able to, like, like I said, like, like I alluded to earlier in the episode, um, I'm using my super awesome perk from, from the store and I can use the store as a library. So I picked up uh, incredible doom, which is a YA novel. Um, but I've been hearing a lot of great buzz from this. There's a second one that came out, and I think we we, we definitely had Matthew Bogart, the writer. And I can't remember if, we, if Jesse Holden also came to the store um, a couple of months ago to talk about the book. But it's um it's set in the early '90s, like basically at the start of when internet started becoming public, when computers started becoming normalized coming into in, in people's houses, and basically this girl meets like she she's she um I've only read the first thirty pages. And she's basically like the um, she plays the assistant to her uh, to her dad, who's like a local like magician for for kids shows. And she's at the age where she's kind of like, doesn't want to do that anymore. And like she tells her dad is like, hey, kind of I, I want to join a band and just ignores her for like the whole day, kind of punishes her and like like, sh- like guilt her and to be like, no, like I'm your dad. Do as, do as you're told. And then thus the computer starts coming to the house. And then she I'm at the part where she just started starts meeting The for her first internet friend, so I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing.
0: Gotcha. Nice. Anything else?
1: Um, no, just that one is like the only thing I kind of picked up right now.
2: Gotcha.
0: I um, so. I got a couple things. First of all, I started reading through the Acquisitions Incorporated D&D supplement. Uh I've already read through all the character options. I did that last week. But this week, I decided to read through the adventure because Liz isn't running that one. Mm. Uh, So I'll probably be the one running it. And it is about running an adventuring party. And uh, it's really great. But I have to talk about the hook that started. It's so funny. So basically, the idea is everybody wants to join this company that basically puts together groups of adventurers, sends them out, and takes a chunk of their profit. It's very corporatized. It's very much a jokey kind of story. Mm -hmm. And the idea behind the hook is everybody's level one. Everybody wants to join this company and like join in. Maybe get put in a low level group and go on an adventure, right? They walk in. They get put in this conference table room to wait and talk to the CEO. He walks in. He starts talking about their mission. It sounds way more dangerous than they should be doing because they're very low level. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Since you're such an experienced adventuring party, and in this case, these people might not even know each other. <laughs> they're just in the same meeting." Yeah. And he basically walks around the table, tells them the mission, says, "Since you're an experienced party, here, this is what the reward's going to be, and I'll see you guys later." And he just walks out without saying anything. <laughs> so basically, they get it's a mistaken case of identity. They're given someone else's mission. Oh no, shit. And I'm like, that's a great hook. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, I love that idea. So we're definitely going to be playing that at some point. It's going to be a way more comedic game, which I'm really excited for. Because nice. I tend to write very dramatic. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I do want to give a shout out to Survival Street. I feel bad. Um, This is a book from Dark Horse that I missed this year. And uh-huh. I know um, our, our buddy Mars called us out on it. Mm-hmm. But I can't buy everything. <laughs> I know. I know. And um but this did miss me and I started reading like the description and I'm like fuck I want this. <laughs> and I love James Asmus, he's a writer, so I'm like yeah, I'm going to pick it up. So that's in the future I will be reading that. Cool. Um uh, and the other thing, you already know this cuz you saw my tweet, but I'm going to talk about it real quick. I got Kickstarter mail. I got oh. the package for the OZ issue 2 of 3. Mm-hmm. One more to go. Uh this is the the cover. It's the Cowardly Lion. So badass. Yeah, right? Like, he's just so badass looking. So it's a nice thick comic, by the way. It's Even though it's a single issue. So I also got this pin, which is the lion's sigil and it says courage.
1: Oh, ooh, that's cool.
0: Yeah. And I got this pinup, this art pinup, which I thought was really cool. It's a very 90s image. Yeah. Which I dig. So, it's still very cool. I also got, because I've read all these books before i just don't own the trades and in the first one's case i actually have all the issues i just don't have the trade Mm -hmm. um so that is scout's honor his book from aftershock nice which is really really good and i highly recommend um going to the chapel which is like the kill bill wedding scene yeah if it was a romantic comedy (laughs)
2: what the (laughs) fuck
0: (laughs) i know basically a bunch of people break in and hold up this wedding but it turns out there's a personal relationship there and do they want to stop the it's it's really good. I really like Pat and Oswald love that book, I'll just tell you that. Nice. That's what David told me when we talked, is that he really liked it. So and then I got Spencer and Locke, volumes one and two. So cool. For those who don't know, this is what if Calvin and Hobbes grew up <laughs> and Calvin became a gritty noir detective. And Hobbs is still his imaginary friend, but he's also his partner. So badass! It's it's fantastic. Every character in it, or like the major characters, are all inspired by some comic strip character, like Andy Cap and stuff like that. That's so cool. Um, Beetle Bailey is the one of the bad guys. Ah, that's awesome. He's he's a, he's a soldier with PTSD, oh. <laughs> and he goes on kind of like a Punisher rampage. What
1: it's the really, fuck? I need to know. If there's like a really sla- I need to know. If there's like a slacker from Zitz there. Yeah,
0: it's it's really, really good. So, very excited about this. I've read them all, but I'm probably going to read them again mm-hmm. uh, because I really enjoyed them. So, I believe that is it. The only thing I want to mention is I finally got my Audible credit for the month. So, I picked up Sorcery by Terry Pratchett because I'm getting all the Terry Pratchett books. Nice. Sorcery is one of my favorites. I make a reference to it a lot in my own writing because the word sorcery is written like source, the source of something. Oh, so, uh, cool. I love the pun. It's great. So uh, yeah, it's really good so far. I really like the voice actor they got. So yeah, that's it. Uh, So with that being said, those, the issues that we had this week, as we wrap up, I do need to remind you all this episode is coming out the morning of December 31st. You have less than 24 (laughs) hours baby to vote in the Rimmies, which is our end of the year awards. We picked the nominees, but you pick the winners. There are some categories that are either ties or virtual ties. Somehow, with the amount of votes we got, which is an insane amount of votes, they could easily be swung today. So please vote. If you go on Twitter, you can find the We Have Issues one. It's the uh, pin tweet at WHI Podcast on Twitter. You can find our Jukebox Vertigo one the music one at jukebox vertigo on twitter those are both pinned click right there go vote uh i'm very excited about the rimmies and we're gonna have a special episode to (laughs) celebrate that that we're going to talk about later on um make sure to check us out on twitter you can find me at whi podcast keith you can find our producer liz at whi podcast liz you can find hostway at hostway reads hostway um of course this show once again at whi podcast and our other show jukebox vertigo at jukebox vertigo on that show we put together, on every episode, a musical playlist based on a randomized category. It's always a lot of fun. Our last episode, the one most recent up, is country music, which was actually a lot of fun. Uh, because it people had to get out of their comfort zones, and I think we kind of discovered some really cool stuff together. Uh, really good time. So make sure to check that out. The next episode, which comes out not this Monday, but the Monday after that, is going to be the jukebox roulette. No, it's the Rimmies. Sorry, it is the Rimmies, the Remy award-winning episode. Uh, I totally forgot. Uh, where we basically, whatever wins the awards gets added to the playlist. And I'm very excited about that uh, because I'm the one that can see the awards right now. And um, I will say Hostway is probably going to be a little happier than he was last year, at least. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so when those episodes go live, Make sure to check out Hosway on Twitch at Josue Plays JosuePlaysHosue. On there, he does a lot of different things, including bagging and boarding his comics and talking about them. He plays a little bit of maybe some Zelda, maybe some uh, Mario Kart. Maybe he watches some... What is what is Channel 5? Give me a quick summation of what the fuck that is, because I have no idea what that is. You're muted.
1: You're muted. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Uh, Channel 5 is the best. Channel 5 is uh, Andrew Callahan. Um, Andrew Callahan goes literally just he started living on living out in his van and just started going and then interviewing people and like the way he interviews people, the way he comes off so honest, like people just end up opening up to him. So he'll go to places like he'll he'll actually like he hit up a spot where he uh, he interviewed um. Uh, Crip Mac uh, where he literally goes like goes to the fucking ghetto and uh interviews, interviewed uh, Crip and then at the end of the episode he took him to a, to his first metal show to fucking Slipknot but then he uh, there's another episode where he goes he went to the um, uh fucking the nra convention that happened right around when shit was really hitting the fan he puts himself in these a lot of situations and you'll get these incredible videos of but the way that people open up to him you get to see real real people in his videos and he just got himself hbo money because he's got an hbo documentary coming out soon and uh yeah channel five is just the best
0: nice he does that but then every monday when a new episode of jukebox drops He does a live listening party where he listens to all the songs that were added that week, gives his opinions. We usually end up staying late and listening to more music. Yeah. Um, And it's a lot of fun. Uh, So make sure to check that out. You do not want to miss that. Do not watch it afterwards because it's going to get copyright struck to hell. (laughs) So you have to watch it live. Uh, Watch it on Monday. Keep an eye on Hosway's Twitter for an announcement when that's going to happen. Once again, Hosway reads Hosway. And. I believe that's it. Those are the issues that we had this week. Don't forget to bag, board, and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and vote in the Rimmies. Hi, I'm Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon, and I'm the host of CPOV
1: Autographs at CertainPOV.com. It is a bi-weekly interview series where I interview folks from all over the arts, from writers, to comedians, to magicians, to musicians, even actors, historians, podcasters, pretty much anyone who's willing
0: to chat with me for a little bit. If you like interesting conversations with even more interesting people, go to CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, music is life,
2: and life is good.